Welcome back, Dungeoneers. It's Sunday afternoon, and that can only mean one thing. It's time to play Dungeons & Dragons. You're watching Dice & Dungeons, and we're at the table with... I am David Wong. I'm playing 9C Tabaxi Bard. I'm Nicole Bates. I play Soria on Sul, the Changeling Druid. And I'm Greg. I'm playing Ulseth Ralph, <laughs> the Frobog Fighter. Uh, I'm Alexis Bates, your trusty dungeon mistress, and I, I'm just, are you still playing that character? You said, I was, sure. I was thinking about the hams from last episode. <laughs> and you were just like, am I a pig or am I a changeling? <laughs> well, technically, I play Magdalene, the human <laughs> wizard. I mean, at this Lately. point, you kind of do. You spend more time looking like Magdalene than looking like Soria. I think I've spent a total of like a minute in game. <laughs> looking like Soria. Looking like Soria. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think so. Uh, this week we have just one sponsor with us. And that sponsor is our returning sponsor, Geekified. Geekified is a tabletop gaming store out of Vinton, Iowa. They can meet all of your tabletop role-playing game needs. They take online orders and can deliver products to your home, no matter where you are in the country. In fact, I just got this amazing book, Von Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, the brand new D&D supplement for 5th edition. Updated from 2nd edition, Von Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. It is an amazingly cool book. It adds multiple new races and subclasses, including one of my old favorites, the Dampir, which are half-vampire creatures. And they are... Um, they're a very interesting group to play because they often come back with uh, some significant drawbacks to being partially vampiric. <laughs> there are some really cool adventures in here. It's all horror-themed, so it's, uh, you know, five months away, basically. But uh, some great stuff in here for Halloween if you're looking to run some special creepy campaigns. Very good book, and I encourage everyone to pick it up. When I last looked at Geekified's website, there are still a few copies left of the limited art cover, which is what I have, but you can get um, plenty of copies of the non-limited art cover if they do run out. And when you purchase that book, please use the link geekified.us forward slash discount forward slash dice and dungeons. That link's going to be posted in our chat on Twitch and in the YouTube description. Using it will get you 5% off your first order, and buying things through the link helps support the show, so it's a great way to entertain yourself, pick up some new source material, and brighten a friend's day, maybe. Thank you, Geekified, for your support, and thank you for anyone who shops through that link. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I am looking at all that stuff, because it took USPS a little while to get it to me, but... There's some really, really cool things, and I'm seeing some uh, one-shot campaigns this fall uh, running those modules. They look super-duper fun. I love how they've done the Dark Lords and stuff in it. Yeah, the Dark Lords look super amazing. Uh, I, I could really spend like the whole session today just talking about that book, because it's so, so good. I thought... Uh, the last book they did, Candlekeep Mysteries, was amazing, and I feel like they've actually outdone themselves. With this one so i'm super excited i can't wait for halloween this year because i'm gonna be playing these modules and they're super creepy i love it uh that brings us to the end of the sponsors and our unpaid plug for fun richton's guide to ravenloft so dungeoneers let's roll <laughs>
Welcome back, everyone. Last time on Dice and Our three heroes visited uh, Otto Hartfeld, an ancient turtle, and they've been waiting for results of a key that he was looking into. A key that they found in the warehouse of who they believe to be their old rival Koromonth. In the meantime, they managed to find, well, quite frankly, the Thieves' Guild, proving Dromar was wrong. There was indeed a Thieves' Guild in the city of Nordfeld. They returned a stolen zither to the Hawkbloom family and helped redeem Anna Hawkfeld's brother, Zachary. Captured the guild leader who called himself the Master, which I was really surprised you guys did not make more fun of. <laughs> I honestly was. I was making fun of his mustache. And the way he's just slid down between barrels forever. <laughs> he had the most pathetic fight. <laughs> But you did eventually end up um, capturing him, him and returning him yep. to Ulrich's Zweigeld, getting 4,000 gold bounty for that, and you found a 4,000 gold bounty in the Thief's Guild basement. Fairly exciting yeah, episode. we put him in horny jail. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> you did. Uh, bark, bark. And <laughs> we left off after spending a bit of the evening learning more about your recruiter and maybe friend, Andrew Soloth of the Company of Blades. We rejoined the group the next morning, waking from a restful night's sleep with maybe a little bit of a hangover for some people. Well, that was certainly a restful night's sleep. <laughs> I feel like some people might have a hangover. No. No. I didn't drink. Every session, you just have to repeat what I say? Yes. Fair enough. Yes. It, repetition um, reinforces things. I mean, we our you target demographic day. is under seven. And they love repetition. <laughs> and they love repetition. <laughs> well, we had a very productive day accomplishing almost nothing for which we were hired. <laughs> but we got paid a lot doing it. Yes, we did. Actually, we got paid more doing this than we did our normal jobs. Yes. <laughs> which, yeah, I think. Which normal job brought us to this town that we have made no progress on. If I remember correctly, we're only getting paid like 10 gold to kill to capture Koromon. Hmm. Perhaps it is you're better being paid to ten gold to return the stolen Ferventech. Right, right. Yeah, they don't care the about Karma, mm -hmm. but we're definitely catching Karma. Oh yes, we returned to Zither and Hams. We turned Ernst over to Ulrich, and he was quite delighted. We did not find his rod. <laughs> <laughs> we have been looking for Tibok's orb and have not found that. We have found a murder cult. There's a lot which of rods been, and orbs in this. And the murder cult has disappeared. Although Zoria now has a murder book. Yeah, you want to see it? No, thank you. No. Okay. <laughs> so it's assault worthy. <laughs> <laughs> and we have discovered two really awful names for, for bands of mercenaries. Yes. Two names that yes, we will the salt not salt worthy fixers. Yes. We'll call ourselves the salt fixers. So, the job which had <laughs> the job which had brought us here, which is to find the Tibok orb, has yet to be done. 
Do we have any clues at all about where to go to find that orb? We are, well, until Otto comes back with that key. Hmm. You or, think the key is the key? Well, it's the key that Krom was carrying. Key that Krom was carrying. Yes, it was. But that does not mean anything. He also had many boxes and barrels. But they were all crates. being set to be delivered to Koromoth. Ah, so yet we still need to find Koromoth, and perhaps we will then find the one thing that we had come here to find. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what shall we do now? Is this going to be another retail shopping episode? Well, yes. Why don't we go with our all our money? Listen, I'm flush with cash and I have a loose concept on what it's worth. So why don't we go back to that magic shop? The drowning in magic? Yes. Yes, losers, let's go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> and then after we're done shopping, we can go check out, see how Ada was doing on the key. Because he said it would take a day or two. Yes, and it has been a day, but not yet, too. Yeah, so we can just see how it is, check in on the bell. Okay. This nice bell. I go to I go to the buffet, grab some breakfast. Yeah, and I'll get some breakfast pretzels. No. I've been really, dis- been really disappointed in the pretzels yeah. here lately. This, some breakfast ham. Yeah, breakfast ham, breakfast biscuits. They don't have a whole um, ham out, but they do have, uh, you know, some warmed ham. Yeah. Well, we're all going to have gout shortly. <laughs> Your diet lately has consisted of pretzels and very salty cured meats. And? Our blood pressure is just really high, that's all. Okay. I, I have a lot of medicine skill. I that's our uh, fantasy diet for the over 70 <laughs> Okay, so, so should we go shopping then? Yeah, I was thinking, you know... It might be a good idea if we we're dealing with all this fervent tech. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should get like a book on it or something and actually know what we're doing with it. That's <laughs> good to know. Don't touch orbs or be around it for a very long time. That's Have all we not need we to know. We found out everything we need to know from Todriana. I mean, maybe, but shouldn't we know about like why it's here and like? why people want it so bad. Um, perhaps we can go to a bookstore as well as the magic store. Perhaps the magic store has a magic book that will tell us what we need to know. Is there somewhere you would like to go? Do you need to buy socks or something? Um, I need. To, I do need to replenish a rope. <laughs> why don't you just buy like all their rope and keep it in your room? I, I, will, you keep, I will purchase extra rope. You burn through that rope really fast. Let's, let's if we pass a rope store, we'll buy some. I don't think that's just a rope store. Let us go shopping. Did we ever pass a rope store? You haven't seen like just a rope store, but you've like you have purchased ropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, from like a general store. store. Yeah. I don't want a general store. I want a specific store <laughs> just for ropes. I was thinking maybe we could settle for like a lieutenant or a major store. We could, with all this money we have, we could probably open a rope store. <laughs> Let's just go through the store. Stop overdoing and just invest in a store and we'll just run that campaign. We'll call it On the Ropes. It'll be great. Which only makes sense if boxing is the thing in this world. 
I assume it is. Random voice. Um, who, who are you this morning? Oh, sure. Yeah, boxing oh, could be so in the world. Maggie, okay. That's my go-to in this town. Mm-hmm. So. The known mercenary and brawler. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Who let's, just hangs out of the company of Blades all the effort. All of a sudden. Let's go to Drowning in Magic. Make it so. Uh, execute. Execute. Okay. Uh, you, you know right where to find it, so it takes you hardly any time at all. And when you get there, it's fairly early in the day still. The shop is a little quieter than the last time you came. And one of the store clerks comes up to you all. Uh, yes, how may I help you all? Uh, yes, hello. I am Maggie on Sewell. I have an okay. order here. Ah, yes, do you need me to check on its status? Well, I would like to see if it's possible to uh, add to it. You would like to add to an order? Yes. Uh, that may be possible. Well, here, let's head back to the counter and uh, take a look. She digs underneath the counter, pulls out their customer records book, and finds the page with your order. It looks like you have ordered some armor with a glamour <coughs> enchantment. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Ah, good. Uh, you wish to order more things, or you wish to add to this enchantment? What would you like? Possibly both, but... Okay. Um, I'd like to add, we had discussed a defensive enchantment to it for yes. a thousand gold. Yes, what uh, type of enchantment had you discussed? I don't see it noted here. Well, if I was going to, like, say what it did, it would be like, it would add one plus one to an armor class. <laughs> it's something to help me deflect and protect myself. Ah, yes, of course. Um... Let me get one of our enchanters, and they can discuss rates with you. Of course. Please excuse me. She heads into the back. You hear a little bit of, you know, sort of muted talking for a moment. And then out from the back comes uh, a third enchanter, who I don't believe you have met. Hello. It's a large, um, very heavily bearded dwarf with... Uh, he's kind of, uh, not dwarf, excuse me, drow. And he's got um, very thick spectacles on. And his hair is slicked back, has a long ponytail uh, pulled behind him, kind of braided together. And wearing a, a leather uh, apron in front of him. Looks like he's kind of been working on something back there. Just kind of give you an image of who you're talking to. Um, yes, when I was here, I talked to Rachel about a glamoured suit of studded leather armor. Yes. And I was wondering if I could add on to that and make it more protective so that I hopefully don't get as beat up in combat as I have. Yeah. I believe that would cost 1,000 gold typically is what we charge for enchantments of that nature. Yes, I would be happy to pay that. Very good. Anything else you need? Would it be possible to rush the order a little bit? Rushed orders turn out bad. Fair enough. 
we give a time for the product to be done. It is done at that time. All right. Well, here's the money. Please, please. Um, allow the clerk to deal with that. I shall give her the price. Uh, any more enchantments out here that need to be dealt with? Do any of you need anything enchanted? I would be wondering if it would be possible to either increase the probability that a weapon would hit its target or that if it did, it would increase its damage. It is possible. Um, I admit it is not our area of focus. Mm. We can do it. We are not the most proficient. It will take time. Probably two weeks of work. Ah, that is a very long time. Is there another shop in town which specializes in such things? Yeah? No. Um, there are other enchanters. Most of us work in a similar field. All sort of uh, utilitarian enchantments, not combative in a broad term there. For those enchantments, the best place to go is the capital, Rukmara. Perhaps I will wait till then. I will ask, though, do you sell potions here? Uh, We keep a small store of potions. Uh, Many places in Nordfeld, too. If you wish to purchase them, please converse with the clerk. Okay, I will do that. And uh, any other enchantment business? You no, I believe that's it. Yes. What's your name, by the way? My name is Samuel. Okay, thank you so much, Samuel. And just sort of gives a curt nod and nah, just kind of a waddle back. He, he doesn't really like walk very smoothly. It's more of a waddle. <laughs> He's he doesn't seem to like interacting with people. The clerk that you were talking to comes back out. I believe that uh, Mr. Samuel quoted you a thousand gold for the enchantment. That's correct. And you had been inquiring about some potions. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Uh, what sort of potions do you wish to acquire? Um, I think it would be valuable for us to have some additional healing potions. Um, I understand that they come in different uh, strengths. Is that correct? They do, yes. So how powerful of an enchantment were you looking to purchase? Uh, perhaps you could tell me the, the strength of each of them. I have only used one once, but I am not very familiar with them. It is difficult to determine the individual strength of each potion. However, you can give um, a slightly more quantifiable accounting of a potion um, based on the volume. So, she pulls out uh, a rack of empty bottles. So, ranging from a smaller, like a small little uh, mini flask, almost, to a larger, almost canteen size. So, all of them are the you know, some mixture of glass and leather strappings around it. 
so that it's not so breakable and has a little bit of cushion should you drop it. So, so what if I were to wish to heal between what is called eight and ten damage? <laughs> <laughs> you would be, yeah, you would most be what is served by the modest size down here, pointing to the smallest bottle. But for lighter healing purposes, these seem to do the job quite well. There are very few injuries that can't be healed by quaffing one of these. And how much does each one cost? We said these at 10 gold. Our area, we, we are asked a great deal about this, uh, produces an abundance of the materials needed to make them. We are able to sell these uh, potions at less than many market rates. Yes, that seems to be a very good price. I will take four of them. Very well. Uh, she just turns around and there's a little cabinet that's locked and she waves her hand over a rune that you see there and the cabinet pops open very gently. She reaches in and pulls out four healing potions of the small size and gives them to you. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll take it that that's just simply a potion of healing. It's a potion of healing. In <clears throat> game mechanics, it heals 2d4 plus 2. So mm-hmm. maximum of uh, 10 hit points to be healed. Mm-hmm. Uh, minimum of 4. Okay. I have... You have some utilitarian items, correct? Uh, yes, and please just go ahead and uh, discount the gold, the 40 gold to purchase those, mm. and she takes your money. Uh, yes, we do have some utilitarian items. Was there anything in particular you were looking for? Well, a couple options, a couple things that might be quite useful for what we do. Um, we find ourselves in the sewers occasionally. Do you have anything that can clean someone quickly? Um, clean them how? Um, Magically? What are we trying to cleanse is more perhaps the appropriate Uh, question. Are we trying to cleanse the body of a disease? Are we trying to clean filth off of a person? I think clean filth and bad smells, yeah. see. Um, that is an unusual request. Uh, But we have something that may be uh, helpful. It is not so much cleaning as it is repelling. And most people who spend time in dirty places don't want to get dirty to start with. There, there is a line of clothing that we sell, there which is uh, enchanted with what many have come to call the gleaming enchantment. Mm. And yes, I'm familiar with that one. It helps keep uh, all sorts of things off of the clothes and presumably mostly off of you. Alright, another question. Do you have any sort of like unending magic rope? <laughs> unending magic rope? <laughs> like a magic rope that just like it's like a coil of rope. I don't know. The more you pull it, the more there is. <laughs> I'm because I'm not sure. My friend here goes through a lot of rope. 
It's not an item that we keep in stock, but if you wish, I could ask. Are you interested? Um, that that may be very useful. If you have that information when we return, I will ask about it. <clears throat> All right, very well. I shall inquire if that is an enchantment that is possible. You had mentioned that you have potions that, or something that will cleanse a disease. Yes, those can be created. We keep a few in stock mm. as they're not the highest in demand. Ah, uh, that may be helpful because one day I was a weird rat almost the entire day <laughs> and it would have been good if I could have cured myself of that. You had me. We keep ending up in diseased places. <laughs> what is such a thing called and how much does it cost? Well, we could make, um, we could make something that would cure that. We may even have a little bit left in stock. Those are slightly hard to make. The ingredients for that, there are some around here, but we usually have to import it for those specialty cases. Um, and often, to be blunt, the local government retains most of it for emergency purposes. But of course, we can obtain some of it. Let me check one moment if we have any here right now. She goes and kind of looks around in some of the lower cabinets, still behind the counter, just opening up these locked cabinets, looking inside. And she looks through two or three and then finds a couple of bottles that are closer to the canteen size, but not not quite that large, a little smaller than that, and pulls them out and says, I believe that these should cure almost any disease that you run into. But they are a more, well, how would you say, premium product. Yeah. These run 150 gold Piece. Each. Mm. And must one imbibe the entire contents to be cured of a disease? That is highly recommended. It is similar to medication. Mm -hmm. When prescribed medication, one should always take everything that you are prescribed. And what is this thing called? Uh, we simply call it uh, elixir of health. Um... I will take two of them, and that will be, what, 300 gold? Yes. Uh, she puts them on the table. Would you like these uh, wrapped or put in bag or anything? You have now six portions. Um, if you could wrap them in such a way that they would not break, that would be most appreciated. Um, I believe I have something. And she pulls out a, a little satchel that has, like, well, if you've ever seen like a wine bottle bag that has little sleeves for each of them, it's it's kind of like that. And she just slides each one into this little mildly padded pouch. Okay. And I hand her uh, 30 platinum. Thank you very much. Uh, is there anything else that you wish to inquire about? I have no idea if this is a thing, but... Do you have any sort of thing that can protect someone from fervent energy? Because <laughs> we also run into that a lot. 
I have Just heard. Let's continue telling them life story. Yeah. I have you heard of You wouldn't believe this. it. We took out the thieves' guild. Oh my. <laughs> yeah, what's that guy's name again? Ernst. The, the master guy. Ernst. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. That sounds very frightening. Yeah, we it had wasn't. him. We had him over oh. a barrel. I would believe oh. it was more like. No, that is fine. <laughs> It was almost under a barrel. <laughs> um, but yes, for something to protect against fervent energy, since that seems to hmm. be a ongoing concern. I am aware that those sorts of enchantments do exist. However, it's not something that I have seen us specialize in here. Usually people who specialize in working with fervent technology and protections against its potential dangers. Uh, they are part of the Fervin Guard. That makes sense. I can inquire with the owners if they have any ability to create such an enchantment. Um, yeah, why don't you just let us know next time we're back? Of course, I should do so. Um, you, you, uh, finished looking for your utility items? Or mm -hmm. were there more things you wanted to ask about? Nines, do you wish to ask about discounted Merchandise. I don't know if they've restocked it since then, but... We do not currently have any discounted merchandise. So we've recently sold a pair of shoes that are either a normal size or very large and nothing in between. Now, would, I don't know who purchased it, but they had been here for many years. The person who purchased it had been here for <laughs> many years? No, the shoes had. Oh. I was just wondering if you have equipment that uh, you just have in stock. I like instant gratification. <laughs> um, yes, of course, I understand. We do keep uh, several things, although looking at your backpack, I noticed that you are using the self-heating pen that we produce. Yeah, it's great. It keeps my bullet egg warm. How odd. You have... Oh yes, you do have a bullet egg. That is, um, dangerous? It's yes. oh, fine. It's fine, yeah. Uh, please be careful, madame. Uh, she ought to be. <laughs> we have several things that we specialize in our store. Very popular, as you already know, self-heating pan. There's also a stone of hiding. Very popular with, um... The homeowners in the countryside, outside the city. And she gestures over to a corner of the shop where there is a brightly painted sign that says Stone of Hiding over a large boulder. And she walks over there. Now, is it Hala? Now this boulder oh <laughs> is uh, very heavy. Please come, try to lift it and move. Oh, I'll try I easily that. Lift it. It's very heavy. I'm gonna try and lift it. Okay. Don't forget to give yourself guidance. Nope, I didn't. Seven. You can't lift it. That's pretty line heavy. Line? What? It's very heavy. Okay. I have a minus one strength. Would you like me to try to lift it for you, Zoria? I mean, I mean, Maggie. it's just a demonstration. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Are you gonna cut a penny in front of us too? We do not sell knives. Thirteen. 13 total. Yeah. 
uh, you cannot lift it. It is quite heavy. <laughs> you you both feel very confident that this is a genuinely very heavy stone. I'm very confident this is a genuinely heavy stone. Why? <laughs> I have found it to be surprisingly heavy. But now, and she gestures to a a small pocket that you hadn't really noticed before. It just looks like an indent on the rock face. And she draws this sort of wavy rune on there. And it glows for a moment as she's touching it, then fades. Now it is much lighter. And she reaches down with one hand and lifts the rock up. And and gives a little toss in the air and it slowly falls down. You can um, try it yourself if you desire. This stone is quite useful for homeowners to deter people where they wish to hide something valuable or perhaps a scare a spare key to enter their domicile. Well, of course, the homeowner, anyone who wishes to use this is the only one who knows the rune. You design it yourself and then you simply set it on top of whatever you wish to get. What if... What if you make it heavy when it's over someone? That would be quite dangerous. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to carry around a boulder. Yeah. Even... Even if it's light, right? It doesn't, like, get small or anything. No, it does not change size. Right. You do not have a boulder like the shoes. No. No, this is... How would you knock is... two giant boulders together? And the enchantment like is uh, only active momentarily. And she gestures now to the rune, which has started to like kind of flash red slowly. So and it's then, only light for. And then it stops. And now it is heavy again. Now what you should do is make little rocks that when you throw them out, shoot them out of a sling, turn into giant boulders and it is. That would be very effective and also very dangerous. Yeah. And very, I imagine, challenging to accomplish such level of magic. Well, the boulder is most impressive. However, it is much too bulky to be carrying with us. Now, there is another item. Feeling the chance to perhaps upsell you on something. Oh, yeah, we're flush with cash and don't have a good concept of how much it's worth. How interesting! <laughs> Especially nines. Now, we do have what we call the never-ending keg of mead, which is a rather self-descriptive title, but most of the people interested in it didn't pay attention when it was a more interesting name, so we went with blunt and straightforward. Uh, it is a s small keg, as you can see, and she holds up this cake. It's roughly about this like big. A... It's like the size of a chicken. Mm. It, this can produce four glasses of mead each day. And one egg. Barrel chicken. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there's never-ending mead, but not, not never-ending rope is what I'm hearing. Yes. Well, that is most amusing as well. However, I do not believe that we need never-ending mead. I don't think any of us drink all that much. Well, on. I don't know <laughs> that. <laughs> ah. Maybe we have a buyer. 
It does oh, come man. with a rather handy, and now pulling out from a rack of uh, very well arranged uh, straps behind her. It comes with a backpack attachment so that you can easily carry it around with you. Well, that's nice and all, but if you're getting something that gives endless mead, do you at least have a glass or a growler that goes with it? Or a maybe stein? something customized? Like a, a stein with my name on it, maybe? To sweeten the deal? Well, for an extra 20 gold more, we do have this handsome set now pulling out a set of um, sort of wood lined, but made of, of what seems to be a well-smithed piece of uh, copper. These are well custom made for our shop, but steins that we will include for an extra 25 gold. You had said 20. Had I? Oh, that was for a backpack. No, that was for only additional 20 was, more gold. Could you engrave <laughs> a name on it? We can do engraving services very easily. They are part of the inclusive price of 30 gold. <laughs> but how much is actual keg itself? The actual keg itself? With all of our in-stock items, runs 250 gold. Mm. Yes, and does that include but the never mead? Have to buy it. The yes. mead is self-producing. Uh-huh. Why don't you get a but taste test? But is it good mead? Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. We admit it is not nearly as good as some of the finest meaderies here in town, but we consider it to be of a very respectable quality. Yeah. And she goes over. There's a whole line of them sort of installed into the wall. And she pulls a glass for you and hands it to you. Please, have a sample. I will. What does it taste like? Yeah. Has Nines had a lot of mead in his life? Uh, I think the last time I had mead was the really good mead at the... Uh, the the uh, saddest we pony? Mm -hmm. Or something no, when we were uh, checking out the uh, crime scene. Oh. Did we uh, have some then? Yeah, oh, at the right. mm -hmm. Tibok estate. You did. The Tibok meadery is pretty darn famous. It's one of the better meaderies in the area, always competing for the designation as the best. It's not as good as that. However, it does have a very nice... Um, mellow, honeyed, uh, warm sort of burn as it goes down your throat, and a little hint of smoke to it. So it's it's a pretty good mead, an interesting flavor combination, and there's a decent amount of floral element to it, but not nearly as much as well the Tipoka State, which is just quite good. But if you're traveling around or just looking for something to, you know, wet your throat. It's pretty respectable. Oh, I did spend about a month on wagon with you guys, and I definitely need a drink then. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
No, you were off the wagon, huh? (laughs) I was very thoroughly on the wagon. Now, would you like the backpack straps? They are included, but you do not have to take them if you do not want them. We don't waste Well, I want that. I'm not carrying it. Ah, very my arms. strapping it on Ulsef? No. Ulsef, if you want me, do you have to carry it for me? Um, Oh. I I will pass on that. Thank you. Do you do anything that just produces water endlessly? That sounds actually legitimately useful. The keg actually does have a seldom used water. Oh, wow. How do you do that? You give me gold and then I give you water. (laughs) She flips over the keg and there's a series of runes on the bottom. They're quite visible. They're uh, basically made out of uh, pressed pieces of iron and seem to have been then fire pressed into what of the cake. Yeah. Each of these wounds produces um, roughly similar liquids. This one here, mead, most popular option. This one is water. Uh, this one is salt water. Some well, that's people... for salt water. Uh, there are creatures that need salt water to survive. Or if one is cooking pasta. Yeah. And this last one will produce a type of vinegar. I mean... So does this mean this is upgradable? It is not intended to be. However, in theory, you could upgrade it, yes. It will produce all glasses of one of those liquids per day. Once it starts producing the liquid, that is the liquid for the day. Hmm. So it is not truly endless if it is only four glasses a day. Well, it's endless. It has a limit per day, but each day it can uh, produce that amount without ever being recharged. Wow, nines. Well, I do want that, but I do want my name engraved on the stein. Yes, so that would raise the price to a total of 280 gold. 280? I can give you 270. I could believe I could go as low as 275. That's okay, it. Okay, but you have to throw in health potion. I believe I can make that happen. Okay, we have deal then. Also, I need three more health potions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that would make the total. Uh, the three more health potions is that on top of the existing deal? Yes, I said three more. Just making so sure that I understood potions. correctly. Now, that will raise the price total to three hundred five gold. Then I will give you three hundred, and we will call it a deal. I must insist on three hundred five. Fine. Anyone? I have found that Nines is an incredibly tough bargainer. (laughs) We do have several lines of glasses to choose from. Which one would you like? Each of them are the same 
kind of copper made stein, but they have different woods on the outside. You have a whole selection of different wood colors. So um, whatever type of uh, description you want to apply to the color of the wood on the exterior of your glasses, feel free to do so. And she says, uh, can I have a name for the engraving on each of the cards? Just nines. And then just put plus one on the other ones. <laughs> Very well. I thought there's more than one cup. Wow. Yeah. Would you mind signing this paper? It's just a sheet of paper. There's nothing on it. We use this as a basis for the uh, engraving onto the cups. As you I sign it, a, blood I will do a signing check. <laughs> you don't have to, but okay. I'll add my dexterity modifier to that. So I got an 11. So I, it's a, just a okay it's a signature. Fine signature. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, I mean, it's one of your typical signatures. When you finish signing, she lays the piece of paper over the bottom of the cup and then grabs a wand, taps it several times, and then the paper sort of glows for a moment with this bright white light, and then bursts into flames. Little poof. And what remains is a very nice engraving of your exact signature on the bottom of that glass. So she repeats the process with the plus one on each of the others. How much for the wand of forgery? <laughs> we are not allowed to sell this item. <laughs> The one time we needed a row to come in here later. <laughs> we don't have a rogue anymore, don't worry. Yeah, and the Thieves Guild's gone. How reassuring. Do you have any other items that you like selling to us? What sort of items are you looking for? Well, you were telling us some of the most popular stuff. Are there any other things that are popular? What? Uh, as I have explained, most of our in-stock items are utilitarian purposes. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, some very deep woods gear. For example, she leads you over to what we might recognize as basically a camping section. <laughs> this little rod and it, it's a pretty unassuming metal rod with that comes to a tapered point on one end and then it's just flat on the top of the other. Uh, this, when activated, and she presses what you didn't realize was a button on the top, can be placed in the ground and it will repel bugs so that you can sleep peacefully at night. A very simple but useful tool for uh, all of mostly the logging crews. There's a healthy timber industry in the area, and many of them prefer to have this when they are out on logging expeditions. Many adventurers also find the convenience of it to be quite nice. How much is a bug repelling stick? Each bug repelling stick will repel bugs in a 10 meter radius around, and they cost. 45 gold each. But they're good forever? 
That is correct. Unless they are broken in a violent manner, such as being crushed, melted, smashed, any of those sorts of things with extreme force, which is very unlikely, but possible. That is more than um, It's an extended warranty. <laughs> what is a warranty? <laughs> if we break it, you just replace it. We do not have that. That is three times more than your screaming stick nines. <laughs> Do you have? Do you have any items that are not popular? <laughs> That's a nines question right there. We have some items that have been, well, less desirable over the last few years. Yes. For example, we have a series of lecterns that will read a book for you. They can read in any language. Do they like just read it and they're like, I read it, and they don't tell you what's in it? <laughs> no, <laughs> they will read you the materials that you place on it. They can read in any language and translate it to any other language. Any language at all? As far as I know, you should I'm going get to get it that. I, and then write down Gratstone Bunny. No, I'm going to get a test. I'm just going to write down. Oh, that makes sense. I, I, I wish to write something down to see if this will, in fact, do what you say. Uh, yes, I believe that is fine. Okay. I write, write Gratstone Balim on a, on a sample paper and say, if it can read this, perhaps I am interested. Roll a d100. Sixty-seven. When you place the paper down, now the lectern has a little, uh, a little pulse of light that flashes up from the bottom, just a, and. It takes a moment, and you see the paper that you place glow briefly. A flash of light crosses the surface of it. You then hear a voice in your head. No one else can hear this, but you do. What language would you like? One train. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh. Comerian, I understand that. The translation of this is hard to decipher. I believe the word is spelled somewhat incorrectly. However, it seems to translate to the great dark. The Great Darkness. Yeah. Can I talk to this thing? You can try. <coughs> you say that it is not spelled correctly. How would one do it correctly? There's no response. Oh. How much is this lectern 
um, machine. This is a rather advanced enchantment. These run 2,000 gold each. Oh, that is extremely expensive, especially for an item that is not popular. I believe that the cost of the device is part of the reason they aren't popular. We thought there may be a uh, stronger demand for them than there was, because the nobility, mostly in southern Glindring, uh, requested many of them early on. And we have not had many requests in the last ten years or so. We could use it to read those uh, ancient dwarven romance novels. Yeah, and anything else, but that is an extremely high price. But I will keep this in mind. If perhaps it were half of that or less, um, I would be interested now. Z I have a uh, question. Yes. Instead of buying, could I rent it for night? I don't think we've ever rented. Why not? They're expensive items. You might only want to read one book. You should rent them. I should approach the owners with that idea. There seems to be some sensibility in it. Yes, I am master of sensibility. <laughs> Is there anything else that uh, I can help you find? Hmm. Do you wish to see other items in the store? Have me... If you have anything else. Uh, is there an area of interest that I might be able to show you? Anything with um, nature magic? Nature magic? Well, we do have a couple of things. We, we sell a modest number of these. They are popular as she leads you over to uh, basically some interior shelves and a small aisle in the store. There are some uh, staves that we produce, which act as a growth encouragers, a fertilizer, if you will. They encourage the rapid growth and large growth of plants. If you place them in the ground, radiate the energies. They can be used uh, once per day and simply need to be laid in the ground for 10 minutes. How quick is this growth? It, it depends on the plant, but usually we see a 70 to 80% increase in growth speed. How much are they? This one here. And she holds up one of several models that they have. This one is intended to... Uh, well, I should say its properties are tailored specifically to uh, floral sorts of... So your flowers, such as tulips or a crocus, they prefer the, the types of energy from this one. This runs 100 gold. For more industrial crops, we increase the strength of the enchantment because, usually, they need to reach much farther. They are, consequently, more expensive, but have a much greater reach. 
the type of plant that you would like to affect. And hello to Baxika. Tesla has joined. Can I do a fungus? They are not designed for fungus, however, I'm sure that we could further enhance one of them to impact fungi. Take, for example, the flora. I think we could uh, add an enchantment on for 50 gold. So it would do both flowers and fungi? I believe so. We've had several customers request items of that nature in the past, and usually the increase is proportional to the range of effect. What's the range on the flower one? This covers 15 feet around the user. Okay. You know what? If you can add fungus to it, I'll do it. Oh, very well. I shall inquire is this a purchase you wish to make today, or one you wish to contemplate as some of your other inquiries? Um, if they're able to do it, have it added to my current order. Oh, very well. She grabs a stave and heads to the back real quick. She's back some... there a moment or two later. I got some giant <laughs> mushroom spores that I'm, mm -hmm. I'm looking to cultivate. <laughs> Never fails. The tabaxi god graces us with his presence. She returns after a few minutes. I like your shop cat. <laughs> yes, of course, the shop cat. She looks at another clerk who's just like, <laughs> Do you have Where any... Did you get cat? Uh, he's been here for a little while, I think. The other shop uh, clerk... What is like, cat's name? <laughs> we don't know. There's no name for the cat. What do you mean? It's been here so long and you don't have a name for it? He's been here? I don't even know. He comes and goes. <laughs> do you have magic testaxis? <laughs> we do not have testaxis. Okay. You may wish to check your local toy store. And not the toy. <laughs> Nonetheless, I believe that's who usually sells them. They're collectibles. Of course. <laughs> I think well, I'm good. I am done. Yeah. Then here, um, if you would not mind uh, providing payment in full, the items you ordered, there we have added the enchantment for your armor requirements. Yes. 1,000 gold, mm -hmm. and the total cost of enchanting for fungi was slightly more than my estimate. It is 65 gold for that enchantment. That's 165. That's great. That's fine. She'll pay 160. I think 150. Yes, if one gives an estimate, one should stick by it. Thank you. One should, should stand by one's word instead of upcharging. So I paid, um... What are we doing now? Um, she returns with a receipt paid. for you and says, Thank you very much for shopping. If there's anything else that you are looking for, please don't hesitate to ask. Of course. And the armor will be ready in about a week or two. 
I believe that we should have it by the end of this week. Okay. It's currently Tuesday, which would mean the end of Friday or Saturday. Perhaps we should go visit Otto to see if he has made progress. Yeah, that sounds good. We We spent about 50 hours here in this store. Yes. Let's do more retail. I I still have plenty, actually. I think we can still open that rope store. (laughs) Let's go to Otto's. And we'll keep an eye out for rope on the way. All right for you. Yes, thank you. You come across, uh, you know, a general store. Do you need to buy more rope? I stop into the store very quickly and say, you who are clerk, I wish to buy three 50 foot lengths of hemp rope. There's a, a rather stern looking dwarf behind the counter. He's got, um, you know, a, a little bit of a messy beard filled with little fragments of wood and stuff and says all right what type of rope do you want um do you have extra strong rope or do you have just plain hemp and rope well we have a thick rope we do we do uh like the thicker stuff i would like one, two fifty. I would like two fifty foot lengths of standard hemp and rope, and one fifty foot lengths of your strongest rope. All right. For the hemp and rope pieces, uh, we pre-tie them in ten, twenty-five, and fifty foot lengths. Depends on what we're. Okay, I take two fifty foot lengths. Those are five copper a piece. All right, and the heavy rope. The heavy rope. I'll have to cut that for you. And that runs. That's uh, <laughs> just really heavy rope. Is that for ships or something? That will <laughs> run you th- three silver. Okay. Do you have any t- 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 taxis? I, nope. pay, I pay the. He, he heads to the back and he's back there for a few minutes comes back out with it. The thick rope is about two inches thick. And it's a diameter. It's a hefty rope. Okay. And he lays it down. Takes your money. Anything else I can help you with? That will be all. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. Perhaps even a pretzel day sometime. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Looks very confused in the last part. Slightly alarmed. Like any good sort of general hardware store folk, his goal was to end the conversation as quickly as possible, and you really threw him off by (laughs) talking about a pretzel day. Rope in hand. I I go. All right, and and let's head to Otto's unless we see a toy store on the way. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to find a toy store? I'll keep an eye out. I won't, like, actively hunt for one, but... No. No. No, I... <laughs> What'd you roll? Nice. <laughs> no, explain it to me. And I I rolled nice on my random I didn't card. mean that kind of toy store. You, you do not find that kind of toy store, but you find a very 
very good toy store. I want you to picture Duncan's toys from Home Alone 2 level of toy store. But Alta Staxings. It, it's got every sort of toy you can think of, and there's a massive Tistaxis display in the front window. Now, I do remember warning the audience that this would be an upcoming retail shopping episode. Well, I'm, you started that, yeah. What's the name of this store? The, the really nice um, store. Fitzgibbons. We'll go with that. Didn't expect you to go toy shop hunting, so we're we're calling this Fitzgibbons Fun Emporium. As who doesn't who doesn't love like some mild alliteration? And every good toy store is an emporium. <laughs> okay, that's mm -hmm. that's fair. <laughs> I follow I follow in behind nines and Maggie at a respectful distance in order to observe this retail transaction. This is, this is big. They might have some rares. Some ultra rares. When you go in, there are little s strings of twine that's hung above your head all over the place. And on top of that twine, there are toys, like mechanical wind-up toys that are going back and forth on them. The crisscrossing, making this panoply of uh, brightly colored chaos above you. It looks like a childhood dream, at least to... Well, I don't know if any of you as children, your characters would have had this kind of dream, but maybe no. nines. Um, there are pop, like whole bins filled with candy and children running around just able to jump onto rocking horses and play on toy drums and i mean this is an indoor playground for children it's a magical looking place there's and not a inexplicably rich child with three gold coins in this uh place is there <laughs> um make a perception check That one's actually pretty good. Uh, that is a 21. You see uh, you see a kid that looks like maybe you recognize them. You're not 100% sure. Uh, wandering around with a group of other children. They all look a little rough, but they're just grabbing stuff off the shelves. And there's this guy who looks like he works there and just kind of following them around with a cart, and they're just tossing stuff in the cart. <laughs> so it's the kid I paid off. <laughs> you gave that kid like a thousand dollars equivalent currency. <laughs> yeah. And this might be him, you never know. There are, so, there are quite a few very rich families in the area. Just to be safe, I'll do a little, if he looks at me. <laughs> they seem a bit preoccupied. Yeah. Well, let me see if he... Lift your crowbar up. <laughs> <laughs> he never looks at you. All right, he's too busy. N none of the kids are well, I'm paying any attention to straight to the Tistaxis. Okay. I'm not interested so in this, this world of mechanical wonderland, you're walking towards the shittily painted <laughs> wooden, wooden cats. <laughs> wooden cats. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. a grown-ass adult. 
when you get over there. I can make uh, myself not groan. There's actually a little counter. <laughs> I'm about to groan. <laughs> I mean, you you could make yourself probably the size of a, and look like, like a, a teenager. A teenager. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oots. There there is it's a counter. <laughs> <laughs> there's a counter over a there that's separate from. Skinny, looking teenager. Uh, <laughs> just a little fuzz and like an oil sheen. <laughs> Yeah. Little, little breakout. We've all been there. Yeah. I'm here for some Saxies. <laughs> I need some Saxies. There's a tournament coming up. Uh, there is a counter there. And there is someone wearing a very nice uniform. You start to notice there's a uniform for all the employees. And this is a very energetic... Um, elf, who's currently talking with uh, about eight, maybe ten other adults that are all standing around. Let's check that. And (laughs) (laughs) and there'll be no current events in this. (laughs) You know, you guys liked Tastaxis, so we we made Tastaxis thing, and that's I'm just gonna make them like they're in the real world. There's like, a, and there's one little kid, and then like the rest are adults, uh-huh. and they're all sort of shouting which ones they want. And this elf clerk looks like he's one of those people who works in retail because somehow, like, they're energized by this level of chaos and demand. <laughs> Something about it just energizes him. He looks genuinely happy, glowing cheeks, and he's just like, Boy, what do you want? Yeah. Can I can I get you one of them? I do you, what do you have? Do you have ultra rares? Oh uh, no, sorry, miss. We don't have any ultra rares up here, but we do have uh yeah, quite a few of the rarer sort, but none of the real premium things. Nothing like my He's Ultra doing this while he's gold. kind of listening and grabbing things for other customers. So nothing like this Ultra Rare Gold Holographic First Edition Neon Scar. The whole din of <laughs> shouting adults and children around. Well, child stops. They're just. They all turn and they're staring. Not at you. At the, they don't care no, about you. They're staring at the Meown Scar. Magdalene, I think we should retreat. <laughs> this is clearly the most dangerous situation we've been in so far. Yes, even more dangerous than rats. Even more dangerous. Now, now. Well, now you all get on the line. Remember that? Yeah, that's a very nice piece you have there, ma'am. Thank you. Do you have any in the rares, first editions, or holographics, or maybe even a misprint? Well, unfortunately, all of our stock are sold out right now. And he yeah, gestures down to what seems to be a display case part of this counter uh-huh. that has a little front glass to it. I'm just going to take a quick look to see if there's anything that looks especially good. Um, he sees you looking around. Uh, are you a collector or are you a tournament player? Oh, oh she's definitely a player. Well... Might I interest you in the latest production line, the Ultra Balanced? And 
he gestures over to this box of a bright blue uh, decoration. And inside there are all these very neatly packed and neatly displayed testaxes of all sorts of different varieties. So the ultra-balanced line are made specifically for Glendrangian tournament play. I see. How much is a set? Yeah, well, the entire set we don't have. There's you know, more than 150 of them. Um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> 151. <laughs> for legal purposes, there's definitely more than 151. <laughs> There's some more than 151 and less than 251, legally. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I could sell you, you know, we have 10 different models that we were able to get, including the limited release. And he pulls out a box. If you buy all 10 of the base set, I can throw in the limited release. I found no one's been a taker for that. Because this uh, limited edition price here, all together, comes to 30 gold. Done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, how about that? What's the name of the limited edition one? I will tell you later. Well, you tell me now. (laughs) When I come up with it, I will tell you. I will add that to your inventory later on. So it's ten. You have a full set of ten playing to stacks. Come in. Ultra balance? Yes. So when you play with these in a Stacksy game, you may roll your dexterity checks with advantage. Excellent. Do they have like a stack disc system? So you can just like, it's a thing you strap to your arm and then you have the platform to stack it on. (laughs) While riding a horse. (laughs) Under Glendrangian rules, um, that would not be how you play. Glendrangian rules stipulate that you must find the flattest, stable and neutral surface around. So neither player can have the ability to control that surface directly. Yet this usually results in being on the ground or on a very sturdy table. Ah, a barrel on its side on a rolling ship. (laughs) I I will ask the other people here if any of them have any ultra rares that they're willing to trade or sell. All of the adults look away, and the oh, little. I'm not gonna place a kid. Okay. You could just give them. I mean, the actual price of it. You're already used to giving children too much money. That's fair. <laughs> the. The little kid. The little kid says. I don't have any uh, ultra rares, but I, I would play with you if you want. No one wants to play anymore. I will crush this child. <laughs> okay. Yeah. The clerk opens a basically like a little flip up kind of gate that had been hardening off a play area where they uh-huh. have some very uh, hefty looking tables. And the tables all have little levels on them. 
on each side so you can tell that the table is indeed level. And says you, please go ahead, sit down and use the table. The adults go back to ignoring you, although make a perception check. Um, 25. You do catch them eyeing you and like, you get a sense that you're being observed now that you have shown you have an incredibly rare Tastaxi. They are watching you. Can I do an insight check on that group? Yes. Because I feel like they're going to try to steal it. You you may make an insight check. Yes, go ahead. Uh, 10. I have terrible. Their intentions are not hard to discern. You you get the sense that most of them are plotting some sort of, oh, I wonder if I can, like, knock it out of their hands. You don't get the sense of, like, violence, but if I could find a way to make them lose that item, like, run into them, and all of them seem to be kind of, like, trying to pickpocket themselves, like they're kind of practicing, like, could I do this? And it, you only notice this because they're so bad at it. This behavior is just clearly this is not what they are used to doing. And it's easy to tell after being around Dromar for a while. Uh, you're aware of the more mm-hmm. thieving behaviors. Nines. Olsef, yes. can you go uh, mildly threaten them to go away? I would be most happy to do that if you if you believe that they would pose a threat to to Magdalene. Um, yes, I would do that. You. Yes, they are going to pose a threat. You to who are by, <laughs> you who are adults standing about the taxi counter. They kind of look over at you. They're not paying too much attention, but they are looking at you. It would be in everyone's interest, especially yours, if you would keep your distance away from this the taxi player. Make a make a persuasion check. Oh, good. Since you don't seem to be actively you know, threatening threatening them. That would be sixteen. They mostly seem to get the message that you would stop any sort of malfeasance. That you, they look at your sword and see. Okay. <laughs> that they are ready. They're not. They're I'm not just, messing around. Casually, casually carrying casually, swords into a children's casually toy resting, shop. I always carry them with me. I casually, <laughs> casually put my hands on the hilts of my weapons and go. I casually start polishing my crowbar. <laughs> Keeping an eye out for that kid. Um, and, and so I no longer keep a respectful distance between I will, I will, if if they want, but I will let this kid I'm playing against be the first one to use my new set of ultra balance. Just axing. You're letting the kid use it, you said? If they want. Um, the kid looks at you and goes, No, oh, thanks. I've got my own set and I believe in them. Oh, no. The heart of the <laughs> And uh, does this kid have any, like, uh, jewelry on by any chance? 
Make a perception check. Like some sort of puzzle, giant like, blingy puzzle. Like giant pyramid on his chest. <laughs> <laughs> or a ring with an ancient uh, thief inside of it. Ancient thief skilled. <laughs> 16. You don't notice any, you know, v- ominous jewelry. Is, is this a... It's, Olsef, you what, should detect magic on the kid. What, what gender is the kid? I should waste that. The kid you think is probably a little girl, but they're kind of androgynous. Not sure. I I uh, cast detect magic on this taxi set that this kid is going to be using. Since your detect magic just sort of works in your the area around you, yeah. Um, you do detect some magic. It's mostly emanating from some of the toys, and it's all very weak, illusionary enchantments. I'm, I'm focusing on her set. You don't sense anything magical from the child's set of Tistaxes, the child selves, any of this. Um, but there are, there are some magic toys around that you do sense. All right, let's do this. Okay. I will be casting guidance on myself continually <laughs> All right. <laughs> to, uh, to remind you, you uh, you're making a dexterity check, and the difficulty increases with each layer. I know how to stack. Okay, well that was for the viewers. Though. There we go. And I got to explain every move. You do get advantage, yeah. Yeah, we should do a visual of this. At 20. Okay. Plus three. Then uh, you, you of course, have your base to Staxi, which you just place there. Uh, turn one, you both successfully place your first to Staxi. Wow, child, that was a fantastic move. I used Bardic Inspiration on child. Just dropped my die. <laughs> <laughs> you use Bardic Inspiration on the child. Okay. Sure, gotta keep it interesting. Someone has advantage on all their rolls. I think the kid does too. Do they? You s- they said they had their own set. They uh, said they had their own set. set. They are not the ultra balance. I think. At least not that you can tell. They don't Nin- look like yours. 19. You also place, so you both place, I should say, your third Staxi. Okay. Round three. Um, twelve. You place this one, and I'm going to let you make a dexterity saving throw to see if you catch it because it's falling. Nineteen. You just barely managed to save this taxi as you place it, and you can try again. All right, you place 30, 20. now the fourth is taxi on there. How's the pretty kids, good. How's the kid's tower looking? Oh, great. Th- this kid, clearly very good at the game. Yes, has the heart of the taxis. Point dirty 20 again. You both are now five to taxis up. The sweat is starting. The kid is really focused. Okay, next one. 18. When you place this one, that 
the whole thing just comes crashing down. And the kid has placed perfectly. Well played, small child. <laughs> You're better than most of the adults. Most of the adults don't even know how to play. Uh, put cats on top out. of cat. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's pretty simple, but they're just obsessed with buying them. I don't really get it. Well, you can knock over your pile, I guess. Yeah. She knocks it over. Do any of the uh, adults scramble to try to <laughs> grab any of the things that fall? No. <laughs> no, none of them try to grab that. Do you know anyone else in town who plays? Uh, yes, I do, actually. Oh, who else plays? I'm trying to find more people. No one will make a leak with me. Our commander at the uh, Company of Blades. Commander Soloth plays to Staxi. Another adult? Mm-hmm. Hmm. He's pretty cool, though. Okay. Well, sure. Where, uh, where's he at? The Company of Blades. I don't know what that is. It's a mercenary group. <laughs> What's a mercenary? Just draw her I'm map. still working that out a little bit. Oh, okay. You want to work it out child, together? Let me draw you map. <laughs> Nines will tell you the location of the of the. Oh, you're a cute kitty. You know, Nines is from the country yes. where Tastaxis are made. This kid's eyes just like get huge and she's now completely enamored with you. Realizing that Tastaxis are clearly based on the place that made them. And this and kid had never like the kid had never seen a tabaxi before. And didn't know. And now they've just learned that th there's like Real, you're like you're basically a real life Tastaxi. Yes, don't put other Tabaxi on top of me. <laughs> oh, okay. Can can I scratch behind your ear? Yes. <laughs> and I lean down. <laughs> they you get to behind the earring. <laughs> they, scratch, <laughs> they scratch your ear, and it feels pretty good. I love kitties. Yes, don't call me that. Okay. <laughs> what should I call you? I have cat. Mr. I have cat? Big cat. Yes. I'm gonna call you Mr. Mr. Cat. cat. And she <laughs> yeah, pulls out a sticker and like puts it on you. And it says <laughs> Mr. Gonna, cat. That's gonna pull fur out. <laughs> it's on your Why jacket. Why did you oh. have that? <laughs> And the kid just goes skipping off. Kids, oh, not behind my ear. Kids have no. a lot of stickers. That's just a rule. <laughs> you get a lot of stickers for three gold. <laughs> Speaking of three gold, the kid <laughs> with the little like toy train parade is now checking out and uh, still not looking at you guys. Maybe we should go see Otto. We're wasting a lot of time here. <laughs> I mean, we flushed out to Staxi lore, so I don't think it's a waste of time. We go to Otto's. Make right. it so. <laughs> um, we sent small child to see Soloff, so that's what I'm <laughs> We give her big 
directions. No, accurate map. Yes, accurate. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Uh, roll uh, for that map. Why don't you make? Um, I'm not really. How how about uh, how about a history check? How about performance? Since I have to perform the directions onto a page. <laughs> if you know what they are. <laughs> you know what? What I'll say is, why don't you make a wisdom check? Just a base wisdom check. To see if you can kind of recall how to get there. Now that's a 21. Ooh. The map was pretty accurate. It wasn't bad. In fact, if it was you... so accurate, I included a note for the clerk to tell them that Soloff needs to meet this child. Soloth would probably appreciate that. Since you know that he's always looking for someone to play Distaxis with. Except for me. Yes, we do know that now. <laughs> okay. We're this small child beat you quite soundly, so I don't think Soloff wants to uh, play against you yet. <sighs> I only have a plus one dexterity. It makes it hard. I need to start playing based on, like, I need to switch up strategies to be, like, intelligence or wisdom based. You shall learn the ways of the Tistaxi. I'll need to find a Tistaxi trainer. Who knows? You might have just found one. It was, is she Nordfeld's gym leader? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> When uh, when I was rolling for the kid, I legitimately rolled six different nat twenties. No. Honestly, no. this this kid is broken. Let's get out. into a combat. She's used up all of her twenties. <laughs> Clearly. Out, careful! I, she didn't need to use any of that uh, bardic inspiration either. I apparently have Dromar's dice. Apparently. Mm -hmm. I bet we could even beat rats. <laughs> well, don't Autos. get ahead of yourself. <laughs> Execute. Auto. We're we're walking to Auto's right now. We're talking about this. When you <laughs> just want to make sure this, you don't need to stop and get pretzels or anything along the way. No. Okay. No, we just had lunch or breakfast, breakfast. whatever it was. It's probably getting time for lunch. When you um, maybe even second breakfast. When you get to Auto's, it's. Um, a little past lunchtime. It's early afternoon. And the moon's just getting to the top. Oh, maybe yeah. we should have stopped for pretzels. I'm getting hungry again. And the shop is dark. Unlike last time, where it's all lit up and quite welcoming looking, the windows are dark and the shop looks closed up. In the middle of the day? Last night. night. <laughs> I go up to check the hours. There are no By hours scratching. posted. By scratching on the door? Yes, I just scratch at the door. When you place your paw on the door, it swings inward. Sorry, you're very good at unlocking doors now. You're not Thank even you. your door to open. <laughs> yeah, that was me. I like, is it dark inside? Yeah, there's no light emanating from inside. As uh, you, you kind of guessed from the stained glass windows that 
We're also not illuminated from the interior. I light my uh, hooded lantern and uh, walk in. I will also light a lamp. <clears throat> okay. Make a perception check. Can I as well? <clears throat> yeah, everyone make a perception check. Guidance. Uh, dirty 20. Um, 23. Nines. Nine. Nine for nines. Uh, nines, you're a little... Uh, well, a little disconcerted by just pushing on the door and it opening. So, you're kind of caught off guard, but the two of you take a little bit more of an alerted posture and perk up to some details. As you notice, passing through the doorway, um, the door frame looks as though it has been forced open. Is there a tune playing right now? On the bell? No. And when you... Uh, and since you asked, Nines, what you do notice after a moment is that the lovely little chiming bell that had hung above the door previously is now knocked into a corner in the hallway of the entry. And it's sort of making these gentle whimpering noises. It's a sad, sort of broken, whining version of its usual wonderful operatic chiming. Oh, I go over and pick up the bell. Do bell comforting. <laughs> there, there, bell. There, there, bell. And just hang on to it for the moment. Okay. The When you pick it up, the bell stops its chiming and feels warm to the touch. Not hot, just warm. do this to Belle and presumably the turtle. I'm going to start looking around just hmm. walking through and looking and seeing if since there's a forest entry I'm trying to be especially wary of if there's someone still here. Okay. Yeah so you're trying to be you're basically trying to be quiet as you move. Uh, yeah I mean probably. Okay. Because we there might still be people in here. Go ahead and make a stealth check then. See how how quiet you're able to be 15. right now. Oh, Ben. You're remaining pretty quiet, sort of holding your breath a bit, regulating your breathing as best you can. When you get through the small entryway of the shop and into the round room that you have been in before, with all of the wood panel, flat exterior to it, this is very clearly the scene of some disorder, but it doesn't look like someone's like uh, really had a brawl in here or something. It's mostly in shape. The, the chairs and the desk in the center of the room are where you last saw them, placed neatly around that table. Across the way, that hidden door that Otto had emerged through when you first met him. 
is open just slightly. Alsath, perhaps you should go in first. I am willing to do that. I will very cautiously push open the door um, and uh, take a look, see if I can find any signs of uh, intrusion. Okay. Make a... Uh, are, are you all sort of like looking around for things? Yeah. Or like, okay. Mm -hmm. Then... Um... Uh, yeah, all of you... All of you make an investigation check. Eleven. About five. Nineteen. Uh, we'll start with it, Seth. Well, Seth, you are moving towards the door, slowly, being yeah, very aware that something isn't right. Your senses are telling you to be on guard here. Nines, uh, lingering around the room looking for other signs of what might have happened, you notice on the desk that the, the ashtray that Otto had been using for his pipe tobacco has a pile of cold ashes in it still. And Soria, just as Ulseth is about to step through the door, you reach out and you stop him. But as you what notice that on the ground, near the break in the wall, or the doorway, there's little dribbles of blood. Little dribbles of blood. Oh, I see that. Where are they going? Through the door? Are they going into the room? Or out of the room? Can I tell? It's pretty hard to discern. <clears throat> It's just droplets of blood on the ground. They seem to be continue. It looks like the door may have been open wider at one point and sort of closed over them a bit, as some of them are now slightly concealed by the door itself. I, um... Is it uh, still wet? Yeah. Is it? It's more. It's not fully dry. But it's not fresh. It's does cold. It, does it smell like turtle soup? Um, it doesn't smell like turtle soup. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think. You probably would have made turtle soup at some point. <laughs> living Actually, where I you, really you probably would. Uh, it doesn't smell like turtle soup. You don't. You don't know the smell of various Blood. different species' <laughs> bloods to know what it is offhand. Well, either this is Otto's or his assailant's. I, um, I draw on my offhand the Lashalar. Okay. And hold it at ready. Sure. Right. Since it does more damage. <laughs> well, I'm also holding a lantern. So I know. It, it's just easier to hold the small weapon at this point and uh, proceed cautiously through the door. All right. Are you trying to be stealthy? Are you trying to just move expediently? What's your... At this point, there's blood on the floor. I think we need to move quickly. We should have 
asked at the magic shop if they had anything to make you stealthier. Yeah. No, I'm, I am alarmed by the blood on the floor and believe that someone's in danger and I want to, I am going to be moving carefully, observantly, but fairly quickly. Well, let me, may, I could maybe go in with something with dark vision and it wouldn't alert them. If Are you concerned about alerting them? I'm not concerned All about right. alerting them. I'm more concerned about, about auto safety right now. All right, let's head in. So either there's something there that needs to be confronted or there's not. Yeah. So I move, okay. I move in. When you move Just in. Just in case, guidance. <laughs> the hidden door is really quite heavy. And it swings smoothly and quietly on its hinges, which seems to be, rather than traditional door hinges, more of a... a socket, a pole that it swings out on. You enter a small hallway that's maybe about eight feet in length from the start of it to where it opens up into a larger room. As you move back there, there's in the back area now a bit of light. There are in some candles. I mean, in the room? In the, so you, you've entered into a hallway, and mm -hmm. then that hallway has led to a larger back room. Mm -hmm. And in this back room, there are some candles lit in sconces, and that provides a dim light. The room before you looks almost like a library. There's nearly a dozen rows of freestanding shelves that go from uh, the floor to nearly touching the ceiling. And they run most of the length. As you fully enter into this room and out of the hallway, on your left, there's a workbench that covers most of the width of this room. And continuing all the way down, the hall basically just becomes the wall of the room. Continuing all the way down to the end, you see a closed door at the end of this. And filling this room are those many rows of shelves, all of them filled with what at a quick glance looks to be some sort of leather-bound book or file or something like that. Okay. Do I see anything else in the room? There's, I don't see any evidence of any people or anything else, a blood trail? Standing where you are, there's nothing else that's really grabbing your attention. You can't see, you know, without getting a real closer look, nothing on the shelves is looking mm -hmm. particularly out of place. Although they do seem to have a general sort of messy organization about them. Not necessarily haphazardly placed, but simply cluttered from eons of use. It reminds you of Todriana's museum a bit. Okay, I check the floor looking for a blood trail. Go ahead and make an investigation check. Are you behind me? Are you guiding me? Or yeah, I gave you guidance earlier, so I will continue to. Um, oh. 23. Within your vicinity, you don't see any signs of blood. Hmm. You see the well, you, you notice that there's well-worn patterns 
along the hallway and in front of the workbench where some of the floorboards are worn more thin than the rest. Can I give a look over the workbench? See what see if the key is there or mm-hmm. go ahead and make whatever. an investigation check. Just looking for clues, basically. Items. again. For a few minutes, you start looking through the workbench, and it's sort of a cluttered mess. It reminds you of many other craft makers that you had in your village, where their workspaces are very much their own. They know where everything is, and a person walking blindly into it has very little idea where to find anything. Uh And you get the sense that this is much the case here. But after looking around and looking at some notes, you can tell that Otto was doing work designing crests for some families. Um, You see some notes about families that you've been familiarized with in the town, such as the Dunbrocks and the Zweigelds. It's uh, just sort of laid out. Well, it looks like projects and work. You see... um, some open files of various families and it becomes clear to you that everything on these shelves are leather-bound folios that contain everything that Otto has ever done for a family. All the design work, the inspiration, family members, cadet branches, um, all bound together and then tied neatly. The ones that are on the table, though, um, You notice that there's something different about them from many of the others, but not all of the others. They have a distinct seal, a wax seal that has been broken. Seal that was on the side of this folio over just some simple paper or cloth binding. And that seal has been neatly cut and broken. When looking through a couple of these, you see that the papers have been stamped with the word dissolved over all of the sheets. And you start seeing some notes about died of fever, died of fever, died of fever over and over again in these files that have been pulled out. you find five or six of these that Otto had apparently been looking through, or perhaps the person or persons who have apparently assaulted Otto. All of these are families whose members all died. They have some sort of fever that swept through. You also notice uh, sort of some scratch work on a piece of paper that reads... No crust in archives. Made their own? But who? And then... A couple of names that were started, just partial, and then kind of scribbled out. And then at the bottom, there's a single word, woodcarvers, with a question mark, written down. 
And although you look for quite a long time around the workbench, very thoroughly, looking in drawer after drawer of little tools and stamps and uh, carving utensils and spare blocks of wood, you find no sign of a key. Does Zoria fill me fill yeah, us in I, on what you found? I, I talk through everything that I'm finding as I find it. Okay. So when I came into this room, you said there basically there's a door on the opposite side of the way I came in. Yeah, it's about mm, 30, 35-ish feet back. Mm-hmm. And so it's a long, trying to get the sense that this is a long room. And at the end of it, there was a door. Okay. I uh, go up to the door and check to see if it's locked. Walking down to the end here, you notice there's not one, but two doors. The other at the time was obscured by all of the shelves. And the door on the right, which is the one that you could see, uh, opens. There is no lock. And it, you quickly are able to determine that this is a storeroom for supplies. You find some, you know, uh, piles of wax for seals, some inks, spare blades and tools, uh, some wood treating materials. It just seems to be supplies for Otto's work. Okay, and the uh, door on the left? The door on the left, when you open it, you find that this is... This must be Otto's bedroom. There's... The whole thing is just a mess. The... Bed is... Crashed. It's like cracked. Uh, in the middle, the, the bed is collapsed in. The frame broken. Um... Uh, let us sleep. <laughs> no. Well, this time, it's not hard to notice the blood. That it's bad as the floor, some of the bed, walls, there's a lot. And cover, there's some of it on almost every surface in here. The window on the far side of the room near the bed is broken. And... All sorts of clothes are turned out from his closet and wardrobe. Just everything is thrown about. His small personal desk has been turned out and dumped on the floor. Everything is just chaos in here. Oh, the glass from the window, is it broken into the room or out of the room? It seems to be broken out of the room. Oh, the window's broken, but the glass is out. Yep. I don't suppose there's any telltale small swatch of blue cloth attached to the glass. <laughs> <laughs> no. Since you know what to look for, mm -hmm. I won't make you roll for that. There is no telltale blue cloth. The sign of a thieves' guild breakout, if you will, um, is not there. Is there signs of any furniture that would have been moved? Because I imagine he would have some sort of hiding spot since he works with so many powerful families. Make an investigation check. Uh, ten. 
do you look around the room and do your best to look under the bed. It's, it's a heavy oaken frame, so it's heavy. And, and Olsef just watches me struggle. Yeah. <laughs> and hard to move. Plus it's cracked and splintered, So and there's not much room in this place. And it's a struggle to check underneath it. From the best glance that you have, you don't think there's any sort of trap door under there. You check the back of the wardrobe and you don't find any secret compartment. So if... Just a witch. A lion. <laughs> a lot of snow and some Turkish delight. I'm going to turn into a dog. Okay. And I want to start sniffing around for... Well, I, I assume Otto's scent is very prevalent here. As you turn yourself into a dog, you... You never having, like, kind of cataloged the scent of Otto Hartfeld. No. Uh, don't know what that would be for sure. But there is a singular smell that seems to kind of overpower everything else and is markedly more pronounced than the rest. And you have a reasonable assumption that that's probably Otto's scent. I want to sniff, smell for, especially in the bedroom, where there was clearly some action going on. Mm -hmm. um, smell for- Lots of action happens in the bedroom. <laughs> smell for scents that aren't that. That was for the under sevens? No, that was, that was for the over, over 70s, 70s, specifically the ones in the village. <laughs> And I'll do the Catherine Hahn wink. <laughs> they all said nice simultaneously, by the way. I am sniffing for scents that aren't that what I assume is Otto's scent. Trying to Make see if a... I can Trying to think what, what would be the best. I'm... Perception. Yeah, I, I think perception in this case. And let's, yeah, roll a perception check. We'll start with that. All right. And as a doggy, I have keen smell, which gives me advantage on perception checks that rely on either healing, hearing or smell, actually. Okay. Oh. By the way, I hiss at the newly formed dog that's in the room. Bark. All set goes. Um... <laughs> 26. You're able to pick up a lot of smells. It's a little overwhelming at first. This I whole changing nine. into a, a dog is uh -huh. kind of new. I sniff nine spot for a sign. You now have a very clear idea of what uh, nines is, you know, pheromone glands smell like. Write that down, kids. This is going to be very important in a few sessions. <laughs> it's a little musty. With some fritters. And then there's a high, like, sucrose content to the odor. <laughs> Classic nine smell. You do pick up some some smells you don't really know because you, you just lack context here. You... 
basing off of some of your other very new, very fresh experiences, you get the sense of a couple other entities that seem to be you know, fairly recent. There's a whole lot going on, and you really have to concentrate to pick this out. But you, you think there's maybe two, possibly three other people that were in here. And all of them... Because you do have a pretty good scent, uh, sense of what Otto's scent is at this point. Um, you can tell that Otto, you know, left with them. Because you can start tracking that smell. I will go. Bark! Mm-hmm. What is left. it? Child stuck in a well? Bark? I can understand yeah, Otto, also. Otto went with them, but they left through the window. Okay. I mean, yeah. I think you can probably understand them. I, I can definitely understand Olseth, because he's a furball. But yeah, can I can understand just... both of them, actually. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure you can understand wild, them. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I have Did... no clue whether this is going to work or not, but is the bell sentient? You, you know it's magical. You don't know if it's an intelligent item. I will rest. You, who are the door chime, <laughs> I am going to ask you a, some questions. Ring once if it is yes. Ring twice if it is no. Did you see who did this? Are we Turing testing this, a bell? Is, <laughs> is this what happens when crime happens in the House of Blue's Clues? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm a blue mastiff, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Oh, <laughs> you get... You said kind of chimed twice for no? Yes, once for yes, twice for no. Uh, bell chimes twice. Did someone enter the shop before this happened? Bell chime. Did that person take you from the door and throw you on the floor? Bell doesn't chime. Well. This door, this bell may be a source of information, but I do not know the correct questions to ask. Spark. What? <laughs> okay. Um, does it know what time it is? Does anybody ever really know what time it is? I'm oh my looking to see if I can track these smells that I was finding. Um, we can find out how long ago it go with this happened if it knows um, what time it is. <laughs> it's magic, it might know. Based on your it previous perception next, uh, check, I think so. Okay. Yeah. And I start trying to follow the tracks that I'm smelling. What is it, blue? Oh, 
Are you going to the window? Where are you going? I, I, I don't know. I'm following the tracks. I don't know. It's taking me out the door or the window. It is taking you out. There is a back door here. Okay. Oh. We it, didn't know that. And it's just off on the... Uh, you know, so you've come up on the, your right side coming into this space. It was just all a solid wall. And at the very end of the left wall of this room... There's a door. It's just going to the outside. And the smell seems to lead out there. I was just start um, going for it. I'm going to follow the dog. All right, so you're I'm letting the dog... I'm going to grab my handy-dandy notebook and follow them. <laughs> so you're letting the dog lead? Yes. Okay. Um, you, I'm guessing you open the door for the dog then? Yes, we let the dog out. Okay. Dog out. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> when you open the door, the new sense from outside, and this is on the edge of town near the lake. So there's a lot of other um, flora and fauna and sort of organic smells. And sort of an overwhelming Dasani smell. <laughs> we. Gromar did establish that the lake tastes like Dasani. Um, so I want you to make a perception. Yeah, I want a you to Dasani make a perception check. check here. Natural 20 plus 7. Although for a moment, these new smells are a bit much and sort of overpower you. You quickly get over that and kind of clear your head and focus back on the smell of Otto. Since it's the clearest one that you've been able to identify, you have a very strong sense of that. Check in that Nines' butt again quick, too. And it goes... <laughs> it still smells musty. Okay. You, you're able to follow this... Cover the next body spray next time. <laughs> you're able to follow this out to... Out and around the building. To the road. And then it... Gets weaker. Okay, we're going to go in the sewer again. And you sort of lose the scent and it's dissipating out here. Um, can I investigate and see if I can find any blood anywhere? Sure, go ahead. Uh, no. That's uh, it's a total of one. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you fail to see the ground. <laughs> You're distracted by the, the dog. The dog's got you riled up. And it's yes, it keeps distracting sniffing you. my butt. First, Dromar's poking me in the butt. Now this dog is smelling me in the butt. I don't know what Tolsef is going to do to my butt. <laughs> I do not care about your butt. <laughs> At all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to check Tolsef checks to see. My butt. Looking oh. for blood <laughs> and also for vehicle tracks. Since it's possible since the trail ends at mm. the road that there might have, they might have gotten into a vehicle of some sort. I'll just tell you that the vehicle tracks are not something you can find because these are cobblestone, cobblestone roads. So there's mm -hmm. no sign of like vehicle tracks that you could really mm -hmm. hunt down. 
and I'm rubber burn. For, I'm looking for blood though. Now, and I'm also looking for a sewer right. opening. The the sewer opening also you know there's one there. Mm-hmm. It uh, it's very easy to find. Go ahead and make a roll. Basically, looking for any signs of blood is yeah. where we're at. Because the get, others are can easily I get guidance from a dog. No, you cannot. <laughs> I cannot cast spells as an animal. Uh, what are we doing? Investigation? Yes, investigation. Uh, dirty 20. You see along the side of the house that um, Soria led you down. Mm-hmm. There's little drips of blood that are. And around Otto's place, like this is kind of a swankier part of town, so there's. This is a lawn. And there's, you know. Oh dirt and grass and some flower beds around the place. You notice there are little drops of blood. Mm -hmm. They're hard to find, but they're there. And I follow them along. They go to the road and then about the same spot that uh, and it's just kind of out in front of Otto's store slash home. um, The blood trail stops. Just like his smell, that same base like spot, same area, stops, and there are no further signs to follow. Does it stop at the sewer opening, or does it just... It doesn't stop at the sewer opening. Just right at the road, though. Yeah, right at the road. I will turn back into a, into a Maggie. Okay. <laughs> there wouldn't happen to be a street vendor that uh, state to claim at this part of the road, is there? Any children who need there's, three gold. <laughs> there's not a whole lot of street vendors in this area of town. Most of the buildings around here are residential, and Otto's is one of the few businesses in the area. Well, the, I'm guessing Otto was thrown into a cart or something, since mm-hmm. it sort of disappears quickly. I'll sign on. Yeah, do, do people drive on the right or the left side of the road in this town? Since it's not... Like driving as we think of it, it's sort of they drive where they need to drive because it's mm-hmm. just it's mostly carts and like Pedestrian. horse riding, pedestrians, and the roads are cobblestone to make sure that mm-hmm. movement is easy. Are they wide enough uh, for like two wagons to pass each other? Most of the streets are wide enough that is, two wagons could pass and one this... could move around. Yeah. Okay. Um. Well. We know that he was researching. He had some notes that he thinks that the it sounds like the crest on the queue is not in his archives. And he was searching through families that were dissolved because of this fever that passed through. Yes. And I remember he said the Winterheart kid also died of a fever. And then he had this note that said woodcarvers in question mark. So maybe we could see if there's any families of woodcarvers that died off from a fever. How would we find that out? The town hall. Hmm. I suppose, although Otto seems the one who would vote. Yes, but... And, Let's and go ask him then! We yeah. go into oh, Let's stuff. go find him. <laughs> So uh, should we should we make an effort to try to f- track down and find Otto, who I was bleeding and in danger, and we don't know where he went or how? But how do we find him? I mean, 
I can't track him any further as a dog. And the blood trail has stopped. The only clue we have is his notes. Okay, let's go to the town hall then. I think the best thing we can do is figure out what he was researching, and it will maybe lead us to the key, because they must have taken him because of the key. Well, we can also check newspaper archives. If there was a fever killing people, they'd probably report it. That's true. It sounds like it looked like there was a number of families that had that seal that was like a family that died off. Mm -hmm. So there must have been some big fever that passed through. So, yeah, they might have had some articles about it. Well, let's go. Let's go investigate. All right. Town hall. Town hall slash library. I think it was like, right? They were like right near each other or the same place. I forget. The town hall and the main library are indeed the same building. They're all part of a large-ish central building for the city. So that's where you're headed? Yes. Okay. (sighs) You make your way towards the town hall and library looking to investigate some of the records of the city. Perhaps look into what this fever was, since it seems to be something that Otto was looking into. You make your way there, and, you know, it's easy enough. You've been here several times now. When you enter, the daytime clerk, uh, um, Sabine Promtelen, is at the counter. And gives you a little nod and a smile as she's talking to a few other people, wrapping up some business. And that's why we're going to take our break. I'm going for a couple hours now. But we're going to go refresh ourselves, use the bathroom, a little bite. And we encourage you all to do the same. We will be back with exciting library research. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> into well this is into plagues apparently so maybe there's something there let's hit the stacks and (laughs) that's that seems to be like a phrase for the (laughs) testaxes it's time to stacks (laughs) we will be back we stack in a few minutes everybody (laughs) yeah be back soon love you Welcome back, everybody. We are back from break, and our party is um, about to check out the library town and look around for information they can find on what might have happened to these families with a fever that they'd discovered in Otto's place. Said they just walked in and had been greeted by uh, Sabine, who's the daytime attendant for the town hall. Hello, Sabine. I need to know about plagues. <laughs> Sabine, who's still talking to a couple of folks, <laughs> just, 
Yes, walking. Um, upstairs uh, in the library. I think if you go up there, you'll find most of what you're looking for. If you'll excuse me. Oh, okay. Uh, thank, thank you. <laughs> let us let us go to the library, and if we can find out the dates during which this plague had occurred. We can search the newspapers and other records, such as death records, for that period of time and perhaps find a family of woodcarvers that had died off then. Yeah. Okay, so let's go You up. seem to know your way around a library somehow. <laughs> I am familiar with the concept of time. <laughs> mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. I learned about that in a cave once. <laughs> <laughs> To the okay. library. <laughs> to the library. You head up the stairs to where you know the library to be. <sighs> you, you who are librarian. One is supposed to speak softly in a library. Is there a sign that says that? There actually isn't a sign that says that. You who are librarian. Excuse me, librarian. <laughs> they, the librarian. <laughs> You've met before an older <laughs> drow gentleman. Yes. We are and looking I... for information on plague. Which plague? There's more than one. There have been many plagues throughout history. Which plague are you looking to learn more about? A fairly recent one. I mean, within a portal's lifespan, I suppose. They killed off a bunch of families around here. It's a fever. Ah. The uh, last pox. That's an ominous name. The last last pox. pox. How do you know it's the last one? (laughs) It is more to designate is the last one that happened, not the last one that shall happen. It has oh, not been given That's a very pessimistic a, view of this. <laughs> it has not been given greater name in comparison to other plagues and diseases that have swept across the world in the past. Fairly minor, still destructive and sad. Around here, we simply called it the fever. When did it take place? just over 30 years ago. Was it something that had lasted just for a year, a short period of time? Could you tell us the time period during which it happened and when it killed people? As I said, it happened about 30 years ago. I believe this year will mark the 31st anniversary of the first cases. It swept through the entirety of the continent Comparatively, Nordfeld was perhaps more impacted than other areas. The Nordfeldian people were for some reason susceptible to this disease in a way that others were less so. Probably the moist environment. Yes. So, were there records kept that summarized those who had died during this? If if we wish to find out the names of those families, 
that died during the fever. Is there a single source we could go to, or must we search the newspapers of that time? There are multiple records that were kept during that period. The local newspapers, they published names of everyone who died each week. The fever carried on for the better part of a year. Would they also publish what they did as a profession or anything like that? Under normal circumstances, obituaries that are published in our newspapers, a short statement, acknowledgement of the individual life. Fortunately, the scale of death during that period consumed most of the pages of the newspaper. Many of thousands were lost during this, and the city shrunk significantly. There are, of course, death certificates and records that were here at City Hall, not public records, but maybe more efficient to look through the newspaper printings of the they, all of them, tended towards publishing as many names as they could, but none of them, I believe, made a practice of trying to publish anything about those individuals. To start, they probably would have. I haven't spent much time looking through it, as unfortunately I remember these quite clearly. You say that you remember them clearly? Do you recall if a family of woodcarvers were among those lost during the fever? I'm sure that there were many woodcarvers who lost. This city of many, many thousands, hmm. almost a third of the population died. Would it be normal for woodcarvers to have a crest? Not wholly uncommon. I mean, their profession is the artful sculpting of all. And most woodcarvers in the area create their own sort of family crest, which serves as a bit of a business demarcation as well. Do you still have the, the rubbing of the key crest that you could show? It was too corroded for us to make mm. out. Otto was cleaning it up. Okay. So, in order for our search to be most efficient, do you recall the names of any of the woodcarving families? There are many woodcarvers here in Nordfeld. There, this is quote, for all, quite a wood-centric city. I knew some families that were woodcarvers, but there one in particular that you have in mind, I could help you find records of. All we know is that it was a family of woodcarvers, and the entire family was um, dissolved. The family line. Yes, all the family wasn't literally dissolved. Hopefully not. It may have been a very bad fever. Occurrence for that time. For many families that lost everyone, and still many more that lost almost everyone. 
If you don't know who you're looking for, it won't be of much help to go searching blindly through records. But if you have any idea what their work might look like, almost every sign here in town is carved by the local woodworking companies. It became a bit of a, well, lost practice for a while after Eva swept through. Most of the signs in the town are older, in need of repair, and the work is becoming popular again, but because there is such a high need, and can demand a fair bit for their work at the moment, it may behoove you to simply ask shopkeepers whose signs look similar if you happen to know the style. What you're looking for. Or even just some of your acquaintances might know. I can give you your four family names, but how if they mean anything? It would be somewhere to start. It is more than we know now. Is the um The Hochhausens. There were a borderline of not nobility, but influential family. Never quite rising to the occasion of being given a title. Not that they didn't want. There were Zlinners. Um. Zlina. A bit hard for some people. It's a Nordfeldian, their name. The Zlinas were very talented. They specialized in carving pieces for printing, creating very durable. They liked to work with harder material. It was a bit of a specialty. I was friends, you see, with their youngest son. Uh, growing up. What was their name? Uh, his name was Robert. With an A? I would just put... <laughs> That's what I ask! <laughs> Robert was a good friend of mine. His wife and children, they, they all died. They had a nice estate on the southern part of town, out more on the farming. And any of the wealthy families in the southern parts became quite ill. Would it be common for these families to have a large estate outside of town? Some do. Not all. It, oh. it depends on the circumstances of where they came from. I'm thinking that this key was to maybe some estate that Paramount is hiding out in. Mm -hmm. 
You said that there may be other names? Nordfeld in the past was quite known for woodcarvers. There were at least a dozen very famous families. Often there are some new up-and-comer name for themselves. Perhaps they stick around and perhaps their touch. It's old trade here. One that I said is back. I am glad to see. It's been a long time. For many woodcuts and yeah, a lot of well-to-do aristocrats just looking for a good heirloom sake. A decorative adornment with their family. Word high not for all over Glindring, down in Oma Republic, Mysteria. Sometimes they dared me travel over the Vinian Empire. I could be of more help. Records says as that, and with as much death as there was at the time, you more success. Head up down this. You want to visit the Slinners? Uh, I think. Or shall we go back to Otto's shop and look more carefully at those things he was? I think the Slinners died out. I know. I mean, to visit oh. where they had been. No, I think we should. Yes, what? What was that? Well, what happens to the estate once the family dies? If there is no living heir or family to name the estate, then it becomes the property of the local government. They by default. Local government will sell the estate open. They change hands. Sometimes a far off family member claim to go up will buy the estate. Most often, the family simply purchases it because it's an opportunity to move up. Yeah. Oh, so the, the city will keep track of that. You could find the sale of some estate, although don't keep records longer than oh, about 50 years. We phase them out and dispose of them. There usually isn't a purpose to keep something around for more than 50 a record of sale. I'm curious if we could look for a specific purchaser name. Sure that you could, but it would be most useful if you also had a yeah. Hmm. Fairly recent, probably. If Coromoth bought a place. Or he might just be flatting. Mm-hmm. Since you are looking for a name, don't have what it seems to be a starting suggest that you can talk to other people, business owners. Um, you might be able to find someone that matches 
bit of what you're looking for. A story? A Anything to go on? I believe we have nothing to go on. Just that as a family that owned some sort of property with a key and had a crest that they made themselves and that they were woodcarvers. Actually, who makes keys around this place? He's a rather specialty. Making a good lock is quite a challenge. There are I've engaged in this. Mostly family run. There's one android here, and I believe they call themselves the the Secure Foundation. I've I haven't had much need of uh, lock recently, but um. I think there's one company in town. Most locks are actually in the southern part of the country. They shipped up here, packaged with the keys, and that's how that happens. There are quite a few talented smiths and um, jewelers in the southern part of Indring. Less so here. If you give me a moment, I'm sure I could go look up that company for you. That might be a good lead, Nance. You're very smart. Yes, I am the master of unlocking <laughs> mysteries. <laughs> and... Arts. Parts. <laughs> okay. We wait. You'll excuse me. I will be right. Nines don't knock over his papers that he has on his desk. How high is it stacked up? <laughs> it, it's only like a little pile, maybe like three, four inches of paper stacked up. Is there, is there a stack of books somewhere nearby? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I inch towards it. <laughs> he, he kind of slowly putters off into um, uh, one of the areas of public record, and starts flipping through some files. Can I get on top of the stack of books? You can certainly try. I try. Is that a... Uh, acrobatics check? Um... Yeah! <laughs> we'll call that an acrobatics check. Well, I got a 13. The predictable result happens of a full-sized man cat, bipedal humanoid feline creature uh, climbing on a, you know, three and a half foot stack of books. You start climbing and it completely collapses and you wind up sort of spread out on the floor. Making a large mess, crumpling some pages, and certainly a loud thud. The librarian looks back and just sort of gets the, this like angry look on his eyes, the eyes narrow and it's glaring at you. Do I see the glare? 
Um... I mean, if you want to be looking f for a reaction, yeah, but, like, you don't have to be looking at him. I'm not going to make you look at the librarian. Oh, no, if it's just if uh, the librarian notices me knock over their shit, um, I use my feline agility to run around the corner and hide. <laughs> um, the librarian <laughs> definitely notices you have knocked over his pile of books that he was sorting. <clears throat> So well, then he sees a giant man cat just <laughs> scamper. <laughs> Zoom out. I will start resorting the books. <laughs> All right. <laughs> ah, the librarian returns. I've found your company. Sorry about nines. <laughs> yes. Please be. The lockmaking company yeah, is called Secure Incorporated. A rather dull name. Bold. But it does get the point across. It is owned by the Baumschutzer family. Sorry, yeah. That name ring a bell to you as the player? As it would ring a bell for Soria. I'm just kind of curious if you remember. Baum Schutzen. Schutzen. No, I'm going through my notes. The owner of the Blackwell Bar oh. is named Elaine Baum Schutzen. That's right. Like Baumschutz and the Blackwell Bar Baumschutzens. I believe it is the same family. That must be why they have such good security. Yes, that's why. Well, thank you very much. You are welcome. Glaring over at where Nines is kind of badly hiding behind his bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking her head through like a hole on the shelf. A little tail cut out, out the end of the shelf. If you need anything else, please let me know. But I think you should probably find out a bit more information. Narrow down your search. I'm not sure that you're going to find what you're looking for here without simply uh, throwing a dart at something. Metaphorically. Oh, I was going to say I throw a dart. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's, do you want to go ask about woodworkers or ask uh, or go to this key maker? Well, now I want to throw this dagger to see what happens. You can throw the dagger outside where it's safe. <laughs> but it's not in here where she said that if you throw a dart, you might find what you're looking for. <laughs> hmm. There's that possibility. Well, I rolled a five, so I don't think it does anything. <laughs> <laughs> so. Makes the librarian more mad at me. You kind of drop the knife. <laughs> <laughs> you throw it, and it looks more like you 
dropped the knife and it kind of spilled forward. It's a very poorly done throw. I pick up my dagger defeatedly and leave the library without everyone else. I will follow. Well, the Blackwell Bar is um, difficult to get into. Oh, well, we don't. I don't think we need to go into the Blackwell Bar, but maybe the Secure Incorporated. Let's go to Secure Inc. Okay. Obviously, they purchased their name from the same marketing company that uh, names uh, mercenary bands. Sometimes a company simply takes a name because it's the most straightforward. Like General Electric. (laughs) Or Standard Oil. Yeah. Or Boys Are Us. Corporations, they're famous for being creative. Let's go to security. (laughs) You ask her, uh, you can stop and ask Sabine where this is because you realize mm-hmm. that you have no idea. She mm-hmm. gives you some simple directions mm-hmm. where to find their building. Yeah, it's over, not actually too far away from where the Blackwell Bar is. Just a couple blocks to the east of the bar. And it's on the border between residential and more industrial areas. Seems like they are trying to, eh, you know, have a little bit of a foot traffic advertising storefront presence while also having uh, some operations behind the building. Like most of Nordfeld, the building is tucked between several others and they're all jutting right up next to each other. And this one, instead of the usual, you know, Tim have timber style plaster front that so many of these buildings have it is you know stone front and it just gives the the sense of a bit more um, of an impregnable building a little bit tougher whether that's necessarily true you don't know but it gives that impression i go up to the door and pick the lock (laughs) 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 i'm just kidding <laughs> Go ahead, roll a nat twenty. Uh, are you? Do you want to? Okay. I mean, it's I'm in broad night time right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is getting. You've been spending a little while, so this is towards the end of kind of standard business hours. It's not yet closing time for most shops. It's getting near that time. Uh, let's go in and see what we can let's find. Let's go in. Mm-hmm. Okay. We go in. You open the door, and it's a, a fairly sparse. And it's, it, it, it's very apparent that this is a sales floor. It's fairly sparse in its presentation. There are some locks set into you know, various freestanding doors and different designs of uh, bars and secure-looking mechanisms and even some areas of enchantment. This this section that looks to be magical protection. I should consider selling walls with all these doors. I'm glad you're getting a better grasp on the concept of doors. 
Yeah. Is there Can anybody here? It, there's a clerk just sort of taking. It looks like this clerk is just writing an order in at the at the back counter. Shall we introduce ourselves as members of the Company of Blades? Well, do this however you want. Yes, well, Seth, lead us this time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I will use my persuasions. Use your charisma. <laughs> Excuse me, you who are a clerk. This clerk is human, and he looks up from his work a bit startled. We, we, are, oh. on a, we are on assignment from the Company of Blades and are, okay. and are attempting... Um, to find the name of a family um, that had died off in the fever, who had been woodcarvers. We believe that they had made a special lock because we had found a key that we think may have been made by your establishment. Wow, this is such a retail experience. Uh, okay. Could you check in the back? <laughs> we are wondering. Um, Perhaps you have a record of the crests on the keys that you have made. Um, perhaps uh, between 32 and 29 years ago. Let, uh, let me go check. How old is this human? Hang on. It looks to be about in his, I don't know, late 30s? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hang on. I'll, I'll be right back. And goes through a pair of swinging doors. He's checking in the back. And you, you hear some muffled doors. talking. You can't, it's all inaudible. But you, you hear a few people conversing. And... Uh, a moment or two later, three clerks emerge from the back, <laughs> and they—they they all have this look of just like, "Why me?" on their face. <laughs> I have. Why today? And they say, I "I'm I'm sorry. Uh, we we don't keep records like that for that long. I mean, no, uh, usually keep them around for like." 10 years or so, and then mm -hmm. cycle them out. Do you have anyone who's working then? 30 years ago? Oh. No, no one here. Did anyone... What was the name of the uh, place we're trying to get more information on? The name of which place? We have no idea about anything. We know that it is a family of woodcarvers, maybe, who died out in the fever, probably. And maybe had a place with a key. What? <laughs> had a place with a key. And... What brought you folks here anyway? Maybe I can help, like, punch in the right direction. Alright. So, it's slightly convoluted. Yeah, I imagine. Hey. Known and deadly criminal had a key. A key to where Ferventech was being stolen and funneled to. That key had a crest on it. We are trying to identify the family 
to whom that crest belongs in order to locate these criminals and bring them to justice. Also save Turtle. And save a lovely turtle. Portal. <laughs> and I have three gold here. <laughs> <laughs> and this shiny crowbar. <laughs> 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 they all kind of like take a step back. Like, the crowbar was just to test some of the locks. <laughs> it's kind of like start looking around at the stuff in the display. It's like, don't worry, we already tested them. <laughs> Their eyes just are wide. Like, I'm just no. kidding. Um, We're gonna get kicked out of every place. The, the clerk you've today. been talking to. Hey, look. I don't think we're going to be the, the best resource for you on that. Um, why does everyone talk like that? Why? But why? So you, you came here because you found a key. Yes. And you thought maybe we made the key. Yes. All the right. person at the library indicated Do you have the key? that the bomb was taken in... with the turtle. Do you have like a, the imprint of the crest on it? It was too corroded to read. Um, you know, normally I try to be a bit more delicate, but um, I'm just gonna say, do you have literally anything for me to look up? No. So, uh, let let me just. Tr I'm really trying to help folks. Is there any reason that you came here other than? There was an key. The librarian well, suggested the that, the, logic. that the Baumschitzen family, well known for their locks, may have been the one involved in making the lock to which this key belongs. If you need city lore and like names of family and stuff, you should go talk to Miss Elaine. She knows this city better than anybody else. At the Blackwell Bar? Yeah. If you're looking for some sort of city lore, investigating some sort of crime, uh, whatever, like she's going to be able to help you way better than we can. Well, I'm we good. sell locks and keys and that's it. And magic stuff. Well, that's all part of our locks. Well, I'm... Do you have a magic key that opens all locks? No, that would be terrible for our business. <laughs> that would be the exact opposite of what we ever want to make. Well, I, I am good that. friends with Elaine. My name is Magdalene. Then I'd suggest go talking to her. Let but us go there. We had told Ludorf to meet us there, but that was some time ago, so I hope that he has come and gone. Yeah, we might have to kill him if he's there. That is the most... <laughs> you, you guys just had the most, like, customer service experience ever. You went to a place with nary an idea of... <laughs> why you're going there, but you just thought she'd ask to three clerks that all went the hell? And they said, And this is a lesson us. for you viewers. If you're going to go people around asking people questions, you should have a, the slightest a little bit of a hint about what it is you're trying to do. We, find a, we found a really corroded key that we think goes to a lock. 
that might have something to do with a crime that was committed. Do you know anything about it? I like, yeah. I, I like to enter every retail store like I just woke up with a coma from a coma and have no recollection of what or why I'm here. Okay. I mean, you Let's... guys basically walked into like Home Depot and went, I'm interested in learning. And, uh, <laughs> and all went, records from 30 years about ago. About what? Your customer records from 30 years ago. My grandfather once bought a thing here, and it was a very good thing. I'd like to know what it was. Don't you keep records that long? Do you know your grandfather's no. name? No. Oh. <laughs> we we all called him was. Gammy. <laughs> like, Let's and if you don't think, because uh, Nines and I, we both work in customer service and we get these calls asking do you have records from 30 years ago about a thing that you printed in a newsletter and we're like what newsletter now, i don't know it was my last year that i was working at the job and you guys put it out and i remember loving it and it had a retirement notice about me and i just thought it would be nice to frame and we go no, that was 30 years ago. Why are you calling? Well, I thought you might have it. Why? What conclusion would bring you to that? Let's go to the Blackwell Bob. Ma'am, I was four when that was <laughs> So you go in as Maggie, and we go in as your bodyguard. Yes. I did not expect to relive customer service nightmares tonight. <laughs> Just wait until we get into the bar. <laughs> Excuse me, I would like to drink my grandfather ordered 45 years ago. <laughs> Do you have records in the back? Do you have a receipt of that? Surely you must keep them. Yeah. You said it, it was really... in it. I know it was in a glass. That's about it. I mean, it was poured by Steven, I think. <laughs> Is he still here? Metagame, I gave you the specific name of a character and then the most generic company name possible. And then like, hint. And you guys went, I'm going to go to the generic company. And you just went down that path. So well, that used up some of our game time. Says the gruff talking clerk at the secure store. <laughs> I had to go, is there go some sort of to non, this NPC. Is that like a nondescript hobo turning a corner while we're heading over to the bar that we can follow? <laughs> <laughs> no, the streets are completely empty. There's no one to We talk have to, to investigate why no one is out. <laughs> is there another plague? <laughs> this is. We're going to the Blackwell you Bar. You guys hadn't chased a squirrel in a while, so I'm glad we we got a real good squirrel there. Is there a squirrel that's going towards the Blackwell Bar that I can follow? <laughs> oh, I feel like there'd be a lot of squirrels with this big pine nuts in this city. I mean, there are a lot of squirrels, but none right now. Are we at? Are we there yet? You can definitely be at the Blackwell Bar. Oh, it's good. pretty late, but it's a bar. Yeah, bars will stay open late into the it's day. It's like, you know, dinner time. M most um, most retail stores are kind of closing up, but Maggie, will you, and will, you buy, will you buy us dinner at the Blackwell Bar? Only a Bloomin' Onion. Okay. Oh. <laughs> so, you guys are waved through the bouncers at the door, recognizing you. 
since you've been a actually fairly frequent guest lately. And I'll be I'll just say is Elaine in? They nod and let you in. Do you have a ham special right now? <laughs> they just look at you like why? Why? And sort of shove you gently inside. <laughs> to all the bars. <laughs> Maggie, since you are familiar with Elaine. Super familiar. We will let you take we're, the lead at this point. All right. We're really good friends and have a lot to talk about and reminisce about. As is, a, you're getting the sense a bit custom, Mary, for the Blackwell Bar. Elaine comes to greet you as you enter the door of her, or as she calls it, humble abode. Ah, it's good to see you again. It's wonderful How to see you. How are too. you, my dear? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, but I'm 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 in a bit of a pickle on this job. Oh, these and she she gestures to one of the more private booths in the dining lounge area. There's some gentle jazz playing back, and the lights are their customary low. Please sit, sit. What is this trouble you're having? Let me help. I have been tracking uh, some urban tech thieves. I've heard on behalf about that. of a client. You understand. Um, I was able to subdue and take out one of the primary henchmen who had a key. Unfortunately, this key was too corroded to identify where it came from. So we had taken it to Otto at the Finest Prince. See. And upon returning just today, Otto's place was broken into. Oh no. Signs of a scuffle and he's gone. Something has happened to a dear old Otto. Yes. And they broke his bell. Which I still have. Oh. Gee. She's just like, she genuinely looks crushed at this news and has this real pang of concern. So I'm wondering if you can help me identify what notes we've been able to gather from Otto's on where this key might go so that we can both save Otto and complete my mission. I can tell you... It's he, he think he believed it belonged to a family that died out in the fever. A family of woodcarvers that might have had an estate. Mm. There were so many that died. You know, I I was a very young woman. A hit. I took quick side quest. Yeah. How old do I think Magdalene is? As a, she's a human, but I just want to have a gauge on how how long how old Magdalene might be. Just random guess. You get the sense that she's one of those people that just looks incredibly good for her age. Okay. You can tell by her mannerisms and the way she carries herself. I'm at Magdalene. The person I'm impersonating. Oh, Magdalene. I'm sorry. Just so I know my backstory. No. Magdalene looks to be 
um, you know, in her late twenties. Okay, so she's probably. Also, I thought you were talking about. She's probably something. young, too young to remember this fever. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, it's it's unlikely that if remembered the fever. Yeah. Right. She may have been alive just, when it happened. Just but... making sure I don't stumble into something. No, there's a, there's a lot of the city that doesn't remember because they weren't alive or were too um, too young to remember it. So it, it, it's not a surprise. Right. You know, when I was a younger woman and she takes on this sort of air, she leans back in a chair and grabs a drink and she's having this just moment of Reminiscence. I once had tried to do help. The Baumschutzen fairly well off. At least the families in the city. But um, we have a few business. Wanted to help. Took in as many, many orphaned children. Oh dear to my. Many of them grew up and so close with me to talk. Several of them points behind the bar to bartender. Hey, Gavin. I <laughs> <laughs> just. <laughs> there was one, though, that always sticks out. Little boy that I had only. His name was Corin. That's what? Corin. Corin. C O R I N. For like clarity. His his parents died in the. Often. You said the. The woodcarvers that came. I know much about family, but an old, old family said that very much. Do you know the Grangers? Grangers, I don't believe so. Granges. Oh, Granges. Yes. I don't believe so. Um, you, well, have I heard of the Granger? Make a, make a wisdom check. You have, but you, you only met uh, one of them briefly. So make a wisdom check. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, 18. After a moment or two of you reflecting and it being a little um foggy you remember the proprietor of the saddest pony his mm. name takes the name of madam madam grange. grange that's right uh grange is like it i'm the saddest pony yes the the granges were friends with us growing up sort of lost uh, connection 
over the years. We're not as close as we once were. <laughs> Fairly certain that's a bit obvious at this point. But we once were close. She recommended. I take the child in. Thought that I could help. She'd already taken a dozen children in. Orphans, tried whatever way she could. <laughs> Most of them still treat Baddest Pony as their, their family home. But Corrin came in. Was so distraught. Angry. I've seen a child so bad. I've seen a great deal of sorrow in my life. He stayed with me for two weeks. And then I woke one morning. It's gone. Window. Bed sheet been tied to bed and he climbed. Oh, I spent weeks on the street hours. Up signs, posters. I spent a small fortune ever in a city of death. Hundreds, if not thousands, of broken families. Everyone's just a never did come. At this corn his family was woodcarvers. That's why it reminded you of him? Yes. I don't know if you know. Um, doesn't give it out much. The first. Is it She. She had a close relationship with the family. I don't know much about them. Probably won't ask her, but I always keep a spot for Corin. And as she's talking, she places a hand over this little locket. You've, you've always seen around her neck, but it seemed like much. And just sort of touching now as you speak. I don't know what happened, but I feel so responsible. I should have done more, but I honestly know what. Why, um, why are you looking on dead woodcut? I believe that the people who stole this fervent tech and kidnapped Otto might be hiding out in the home or estate of one of these dissolved families. If this is of net smirching property, what on old family? Do you know that family name? It was, uh, what's something? 
like hot shiners or hot shots or some, something like that. Oh, how? No. Hmm. Wasn't that hot hot something? I know, um, Elizabeth. Well, maybe we'll stop by there. Do you know any other famous wood carving family names, by the way, just to help with the search? Hmm. I know of those linners. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. we've heard of them. They used to be a very well established wood carving business. Died in the fever. There was so much talent lost during that time. It's a great tragedy of the city. I'm I'm glad you didn't witness it. Maggie, a very hot. Otto had noted that the crest was not in the archives that they had made them. It is expensive sometimes to have a crest designed. Perhaps they were a relatively poor family. That could be. And had designed their own crest. Well, do you think it could be this family that... Well, let us find out from from Elizabeth Grange. Yes, I think so. Thank you very much, Elaine. Of course. Is there anything else I can do? A portal? Or your quest? It tends me to think that any part of... This much. I'm happy to assist. Yes. Um, no. It's, uh, excuse me, I have some business. Yes, I do too, thank you. She gets up from the... the cozy little... booth that we're sitting in. And she... It takes a quick but full swig of her beverage and sets it to over at the bar and then walks out of the room. Well, shall we head to the saddest pony? Yes. <clears throat> and as we walk there, I have developed a possibly a completely out there conspiracy theory. Hmm. What if this Corin became Cor Oman? Ah, uh, like a Pokemon cool. evolution. Yeah. Ah, exactly. Like a Tastaxi's evolution. <laughs> 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 meow, man. I don't. Meow, man. This not a Tastaxi. Mm. Unless it's that new limited edition. I just got. Let's. <laughs> Let's move to we'll the side. Actually, I had that same thought. You did too? Mm-hmm. So we will head to the saddest pony quickly because it's getting late. Although you do happen to know that the saddest pony is open at all hours. Oh, that's true because they're a notary in chapel. Yes, the saddest pony. Yeah, tavern, chapel, and notary. Mm-hmm. I think they added another thing recently too. I forget what, though. But anyway, we're heading there. All right. 
when you get there, <clears throat> the usual sort of, you know, boisterous, yet a friendly neighborhood sort of bar and tavern uh, greets you. And as it happens, some of the first people you met when coming to Nordfeld and happened to kick the crap out of are sitting over at the table. Hey! Oh, hi! <laughs> <laughs> How are you all doing? Keeping out of trouble? Oh, well. Keeping in trouble? Yeah. Is Madam Grange in? I think so. In the back. Cool. Uh, yeah, just in the back. The very well-lit tavern is easy enough to navigate. You make your way through the back kitchen, and you get the sense, like, am I supposed to be here? <laughs> but you just keep chugging forward, make your way through the chapel, and into some back offices with a modest sign that says notary services. And you find Madame Grange sitting behind a desk, uh, well, engaging in some notary work. She's stamping and sealing some papers for a young couple that perhaps looks like they are just wrapping up uh, getting married, actually. Do they love each other inside, Jack? Go ahead. <laughs> oh, nice, 25. They do seem to be... Infatuated. Uh, they're definitely infatuated. <laughs> there is no doubt about that. Uh, Madam Grange, sorry to interrupt. Well, hang on a minute. All right. And she stamps a couple of things and mutters, what do you get the sense is kind of a well wish to the young couple and sends them on their way. The honeymoon suite here at the Saddest Pony is nice. <laughs> and they don't even pay any attention to you. They're just, they, they run up the stairs. <laughs> so, Venom Grange All in one waves you back into the room. Now, how can I help you? I was just speaking with Elaine down at the Blackwell Bar. And Eight. she said that you might be able to help me with something. Oh, is that so? She begins stroking her very lovely and ornately braided beard. A reminder of the viewers and players, Madame Grange is um, a dwarf that has been living here for quite some time now. She and her family. Now, to put a very long story short, we're searching for some ne'er-do-wells dealing fervent tech, and perhaps kidnapping Otto Hartfeld of the Finest Prince. You've heard about that? You have? Yeah. Heard about those the scummy bastards running around town stealing people's hard work. That's what they've been doing. Well, we've been tracking... Hard-working people. <laughs> we've been tracking a lead. Um... Otto was helping us, and we think that's why he was kidnapped, but 
Eh, hey, probably. Uh, we believe they might be hiding out in a home of a family of woodcarvers that died out in the fever. And Elaine told us the story of little Corin. She told you about Corin, did she? Yes. Hmm. Could you perhaps fill us in on the last name? It was a Holtz. Oh, yeah. I know them well. The Holtz Schnitzers. Holtz. Schnitzers. Hey. They're close family friends. They made the sign outside, they did. Yeah. Mostly. <laughs> Changed a bit since I made it. See, uh, my father, he was real close to the whole Schnitzers. They helped each other out, used to live next to each other, they did. But, uh, the Schnitzers, they eventually moved to that side of town. Where outside of town? I remember correctly, it has been more than 30 years since I've been there. Right, like the place where I set a lake. Over on the west side, where, you know, hardly anything is anymore. It's a sad story. I don't remember the whole Schnitzers too one myself, but they, uh,. They were close to my dad. Hmm. See, my dad, uh, before he passed on, changed the name of this place. Hadn't always been called the Saddest Pony. Used to be called the Funny Four. But, uh, when the whole Schnitzers died, for that matter, for a good portion of the city, Yeah. Name just didn't feel right to him anymore. They changed it. And the saddest pony. Reflection of the times, you know. Name just stuck around since then. Although it's a, a fair bit less sad than it used to be. Uh, I remember trying to take care of Karin. But we had too much on our hands. Now, this place has always been a bit of a neighborhood gathering spot. So... Well, any stray kids and family that lost their support, let them stay here as long as they could. When Corn showed up, we thought uh, Elaine might do well with them. They were, by that time, really what a family. They made that estate out in the, I said, I think it was the west side. Yeah, out there on its own. Up in the woods. And they enjoyed having the Privacy. Nary a soul ever went out there. Fucking hide out. I have a question. Every, ah, go ahead. Every family seems to have a crest. Many of them made um, by Otto, designed by him. Um, would it have been that the whole Schnitzers might have actually designed their own? Um, they must know what carbon families around here designed their own. Hmm. That is a common thing among woodcarvers. Well, there ain't that many people that uh, know how to make a sigil and a crest on their own, either. 
wood covers. They got all the tools. They got all the skill. Make the pressings. And they certainly seen enough crests in their day. Half their damn job sometimes is carving up uh, real nice wood and uh, rich family houses, putting their emblem everywhere. But, you know, I can't really blame them. They have to run with that card because they're the ones that can afford their services. So, they try to emulate their clientele. And they do. Most of the wood carving families used to make their own stuff. As the profession grows back up, it seems to be a recurrence. Do you remember what the Hochenholzschnitzer's crest was? Um, yeah, it's a real blurry memory for me. It's a... Uh, most of the woodcarving families took uh, something to do with like a tree. Usually, with some sort of wood and a hammer and uh, well, what do you call them? Them wood carving tools that hammer in. I I don't know the names of any of that stuff. That's all. It's uh, as good as a word for it as any, I suppose. Well, probably had some mix of that. Well, but if if you're looking for uh, anything to do with the Hutschnitzers, that's our pretty sure that's their place on the west side of the lake. Do you tell me what corn was like? Yeah, it's it's been a while, and you know, kids. He was only uh, about ten, maybe twelve years old when the fever came through. He overtook his parents right quick. It's not a chance they did. He was a very happy child, if I remember right. Not the most outgoing. Shy. Smart as a whip, though. His uh, mother is the real woodcarver, mind you. Didn't have much of a an appetite for doing business, but yeah, his father came in and you know, did better there. The team worked together. Parn never had much of an appetite for any of the family trade. He preferred to what? Well, he liked uh, making these smart little devices. He was uh, yeah, what do you call one of them engineers? I always thought he had a future high up in the Fairvan Guard or something like that. That he just had the mind for that sort of thing. I still got. Uh, he had what? The mind for Fairvan. Oh. Mm -hmm. He I didn't have to have a thing for white uh, suits, did he? Or pencil mustaches. He was twelve. Yeah, certainly no twelve-year-old that I've ever known. Not not normal human twelve-year-olds like us, right? He was a human, right? Hi. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that's the good. The Hutchnitz are humans. Yeah. Uh, I hey. certainly never made myself a mustache occasionally when I was twelve. <laughs> See, they moved here from um, the Navinia Empire and settled in. 
Uh, I guess they just decided to try to make a better life of it here. But they did pretty well for themselves. We were cut to the quick by the plague that they couldn't control or plan for. Corrin, though. Shame what happened to that boy. He's smart and talented. But in anything. Hmm. Still got uh, one of the gadgets he put together in the back. She reaches behind and he kind of pieced together. This is like her office uh-huh. here. And there's a little box that's it's wood. And so it's about, uh, you know, four by four by four. It's kind of a cubic thing. It says, hey, watch this. And she twists it. You see this very finely made seam that's almost invisible to the eye. Yeah, until it's moved. And when she twists it, you hear some gears whirring on the inside. And this kind of spinning up. And then the box starts open. And there's little lights. So the top kind of splits into four pieces and opens and has four little lights going on a dancing ballerina in the center as music plays and ballerina, she's twirling and twirling as a little time background. Not entirely different from chime and autos, but you can tell it's a mechanical uh, piece rather than enchanted music. You get the plucking of the little keys on the inside. And after a moment or two, the song comes to an end and the box begins to fold back up. The lights dim and it resets itself. I always thought that was one of the prettiest little things anyone ever made. Shame that disappeared into night. Never did forgive Elaine for that. I think she feels awful about it. We should consider reaching out to him. Yeah. Adam Grange, what did hey. Paul look like? Was he tall, short, thin, what a time. color hair? He he was always a bit of a slender kid. He never had a whole lot of muscle to him. Mother and father were hardly the to people. Not exactly tree trunks of individuals themselves, but uh, boy, that kid, he, he never amounted uh, to a whole lot of anything, physically speaking. He was, uh, <laughs> and he was uh, about as pale as a piece of paper and about as strong as one, too. You wouldn't have any sort of images of either Corn or his parents, would you? Hmm. Not that I can take off. I don't... I don't think they ever had a painting or anything like that. Well, this has been most helpful. Very illuminating. We must thank you, Madam Grange, for the time that you have taken from your busy day. Well... Y'all hit the boys out there out. They told me what you did. The... 
you chose to spare them instead of, you know, cutting them quick. I appreciate that. They were working for me, Maggie. So. Wait, is that me on here to the secret? I know who you already are. Who am I? Yeah, well, you're certainly not Magdalene. She's been dead for uh, a couple of weeks now. See, the boys out there, they're part of the neighborhood. They film me on what's really happening. All right. They pick up odd jobs around town, and more often than not, they get themselves into more trouble than they can handle. I'm just glad that there's some folks with enough sense not to be ending their uh, lives, as stupid as that lot may be, earlier than they deserve. Are they some of the orphans you took in during the fever? Hey, if you admire that, that'd be true. So, question now is, do we go to the Holschnitzer's estate, or do we rest and go tomorrow? Well, we have a loose understanding of where this estate is. Mm -hmm. We could try to look, go back to the library now that we have a name and find the actual location, or we can just try to wing it. Oh. Uh, Madam Grange said that there really wasn't much out there at all. I don't other think than the other than the estate. So I, I think it would be fairly easy to find. Unless it's uh, the roads are all overgrown and mm -hmm. uh, we can try. I think, I think we should head out. Try and get there as soon as possible because they have auto. Mm -hmm. Yeah, save turtle. All right, then. I, I mean, I have my spell slots, so I'm okay to go. Okay. Execute. All right, we are heading west out of town, the far past side the lake. The, our side of the lake. Can we get a uh, to-go set of food? We haven't eaten all day. <laughs> yes, not since breakfast. Yes. Yeah. Can we get some schnitzel and what? <laughs> <laughs> Can we get some schnitzel? Some schnitzel <laughs> to go. So maybe some. Uh, um, what what do y'all want? Um, what so, what, what, what is your blue plate special? <laughs> you folks can help yourselves to anything you want out front there. All right, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Do you have schnitzel? What kind of question is that? <laughs> Just spater. Of course, you got spater. <laughs> well, we get some schnitzels and some spatzels and some brats. All right. Mm -hmm. We'll get some food on our way out. Mm -hmm. Something that we can eat while walking. Like spatzel. Spatzel on a stick. <laughs> Just. I'm picturing like, you know how horses at the end of a race get like an oat bag and you're just like walking around. With now a that's what Nines needs. I'm just munching on a spatzel bag. Do they have pretzels? Yeah, they okay, have pretzels. Grab a pretzel. Okay, we each grab a pretzel. All right. As you take your food and head out the door, um, crossing most of the city at this point, going from a more easternly address where you are currently at with the saddest pony. You had Tavern, Apple, and Notary. Uh, it takes you a little while to get to the lake. And 
when you do, you can tell that the, the darkest hours, the last bits of um, waking time in the city are coming to an end. So this would be probably about 4 a.m. or so. That's where most everything's closed and within an hour or two, the sun will start to rise. As we're heading by the lake, is it as good as everyone said it is? I mean, the lake is very pretty. You've seen it several times. Um, a very pretty lake, picturesque, honestly. There's a uh, there's a riverlet that leads away on the west side, and it's surrounded by big bowed trees, kind of leaning in over the water, providing lots of shade. And it's pretty nice. Mm-hmm. They have nice sandy lake. beaches, but the um. The water, you can just tell by looking at it because it sort of stains the sand a bit. You can tell there's a lot of minerals in there. So, you know, as you were warned when you first arrived, it tastes the best. I taste it. Um, to, to put it mildly, it tastes, you know, Questionable. grainy. Grainy. Yeah. It's grainy. yeah. If anyone's ever gone to, you know, or lived at, stayed at a place that's on well water that happens to be, you know, very rich in iron or other minerals. It's not sulfury, so it doesn't have that sort of rotten egg flavor. Uh, but you can definitely taste there's a lot of uh, kind of metallic elements to it. It's not necessarily bad. Some people might like it, but it's not know the most crisp and refreshing thing you've ever tasted right. it does you can tell it sort of leaves a little bit of a, a a pleasant residue on your hand pleasant residue is not something i usually think think of it almost like um a, a lotion oh, okay. that you would use to moisturize mm-hmm. it, it leaves your skin feeling very soft uh wherever the water was it your skin feels really pleasant and at this point, you start to wonder, do you cross the lake? Or do you make your way around the edge? Well, is there any way to cross the lake? We don't exactly want to swim. Well, the lake is large. It is approximately uh, two miles mm. in diameter. It's quite a large inland lake. And, you know, you can see the other shore, but it's a good distance away. There are, there's a dock with some small boats, things like that, but the shoreline is also fairly... Well, I am not sure that rowing across a lake would be any faster than us walking. Um, Now, it's only a couple of miles, that's like a half hour, let's go. All right, I'll go around the lake. All right. As you set out, I will keep an eye out for plesiosaurs in this lane. Make a perception check then. Yeah, guidance. <laughs> um, 16. Your plesiosaur check did not reveal any plesiosaurs. All right. <gasps> no, said... no, Sturmgren monster. No, Sturmgren monster. All right. 
You set out, and within a, a 10 or 15 minutes, you leave the last of the main roads, and you're just on some, you know, more seldom used kind of service roads that go to just the, the most edge of the city houses that still dot the lakeside. After a little while, you find yourselves now solidly in wilderness. And although the lakeshore is clear, thick woods now border your left side, since you are heading on the southern coast of the lake, which is roughly where we're given directions to. Mm -hmm. At that point, we're going to call it for the day. Hmm. And Adam has to wait another week to be safe. Maybe. If he's Unless alive. The sun will be up in a few hours. Yeah. If he's alive, it is a good question. Why were, not be? Were the ponies' pretzels any good? There were some of the better pretzels you've had. So we can roll with advantage on our pretzel day. Ah. You haven't ended the day, though. We're still going. You're still, still going. going. Oh. There's no pretzel day check. You cannot have a pretzel day yet. But they were good pretzels. They're pretty good pretzels. So, unless you do something that would uh, make your pretzel check worse. Like die. Then, uh... That would not be a pretzel day. Try to remember until next week, because I'll let you roll with advantage on your next pretzel check. Thank you. See if you have a pretzel day. What'd you say? I'll hold you to that. Please do, because I'm, you know, liable to forget. Um, thank you for watching, everybody. Yeah, this was, um, an interesting and more emotional session. I, I enjoyed having that mix of things and enjoyed fleshing out the Tistaxi lore quite a bit. That's the important part. (sighs) Hope you all enjoyed it, too. Love you guys. I'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.